0: Another cup of Maxwell House coffee, George?
1: Sure, pour me a cup, Gracie.
0: You know, Maxwell House is always good to the last (laughs) drop.
1: And And that drop's good, too. Yes, it's Maxwell House coffee time, starring George Burns
2: and
3: Gracie Allen.
2: With yours truly, Toby Reed, Hans Conrad, Gail Gordon, Meredith Wilson, and the Maxwell House Orchestra, and Bill
4: Goodwin. For America's Thursday night comedy enjoyment, it's George and Gracie. And for America's everyday coffee-drinking enjoyment, it's Maxwell House. Always good to the last drop.
2: Well, George put off his Christmas shopping until this week, and then he was caught in that final, frantic stampede of women shoppers and almost trampled to death. We find him now seeking refuge in the corner cigar store where he meets Bill Goodwin.
1: Hi, George. Oh, hello, Bill. Hey, you look kind of rumpled. I am, Bill. A bunch of women shoppers knocked me down and walked on me. Mm -hmm. Holy smoke,
4: I'll say they did. Why, look at your poor face where they stepped on it. It's all battered and beaten.
1: What a horrible mess. <laughs> they didn't touch my face. <laughs> oh. Yeah. I dread going back to that store, but I got to get Gracie's Christmas present. I'm, a- I'm already in the-, in the doghouse with her. How come? Oh, a little slip of the tongue, Bill. This morning, Gracie said, I'd like to have Mother here for Christmas. Can she fly down? And I said, why not? I... Uh... Never saw an old crow that couldn't.
5: (laughs) George,
4: I'm surprised you don't get along with Gracie's mother. You're you're the same type, the same temperament, same age. (laughs) Very comical
1: tonight, Willie. (laughs) Well, anyway, I, um, I wouldn't send her a plane fare. Well, how does Gracie's mother feel about you? She despises me. Are you sure? Oh, yes. She's never come right out and said so. it's just the little thing she's done, Mm mm-hmm. A little poison in my soup. (laughs) A little dynamite under the bed. Just the little things. Little things, yes. But when you put them together, they spell drop dead. (laughs) I see. So that's why I'm knocking myself out to get this Christmas present for Gracie. But after I fight my way to the counter, the girl ignores me. Oh, well, I can get that girl to wait on you, George. I've dated her. You don't even know what store I was in. Makes no difference. If she's a girl, I've dated her. (laughs) Well, thanks, Romeo, but I'll handle it myself. This time, I'm going to assert myself. I'll knock those women right and left. I'll fight my way to the counter, grab the click by the neck, and say, Now, see here. I want a Christmas present for my wife. So get busy and sell me um. Um... What's the matter? Uh, I forgot to find out what Gracie wanted.
0: <laughs> Gracie. Yes, dear? Uh...
1: What would you like for Christmas this year?
0: Well, George, I don't want to just come right out and tell you. That would take all the fun out of it.
1: Well, how else can I find out what you want?
0: Well, I've written some clues for you. Uh, Clues? Yes. You can guess it from those. Now, here's your first clue. Read it.
1: First for Santa Claus. Second for me. (laughs) My eyes are blue. My initial is G. Bring me a present, large, not small. And I'll say, Happy New Year in the summer. (laughs) What is this, truth or consequences?
0: Well, George, you felt so bad about not guessing, Miss Hush. And this'll sort of give you another chance.
1: Look, just tell me what you want for Christmas and stop making yourself a Ralph Edwards.
0: Oh, oh, but this is much more fun.
1: Oh, all right. If it means so much to you, I'll play your game. Good. Now, let's see. First for Santa Claus, second for me. Dancer is first. Prancer is second. A prancer could be a horse. You want a horse for Christmas? <laughs> oh, what
0: do do with a horse?
1: Well, you're always banging up the fenders, and if you had a horse, you wouldn't have to drive the car. Oh, that's
0: silly. A horse couldn't drive a car. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, skip it. So I missed the first guess.
0: Yeah, that'll cost you 50 cents. 50 cents? Oh, I forgot to tell you. Every time you guess wrong, you drop 50 cents in this bowl for charity. What charity? Oh, a very worthy one, George. It's for a poor mother who's expecting.
1: Oh, well, that sounds like a worthy cause. Okay, here's my 50 cents. Thank you, dear.
0: Now, try again and guess what I want for Christmas.
1: Let's see. Bring me a present, large, not small, and I'll say Happy New Year in the summer. Well, think, Judge. Mm. Concentrate. Say, I think the Chinese celebrate New Year in the summer. Now, let's see. Chinese. No, I
0: don't want (laughs) chop suey. Gracie. That'll be another 50 cents. Honey. Honey's wrong, too. (laughs) Another 50 cents. Nuts. Wrong again. <laughs> it's a dollar and a half you owe the bowl.
1: Oh, well, it's for charity. Mm, there are.
0: glad I'm using this punch bowl. Looks like I'll fill it.
1: The right you're going, you'll fill the rose bowl. <laughs> Come in. Hello, all. Oh, oh hello, hello Meredith. <laughs> Say, Mayor, maybe uh, you could help me. Gracie
6: has written down on this piece of paper what she wants for Christmas. Really? As a boy, I used to write down what I wanted and mail it to Santa Claus at the North Pole. <laughs> Of course, now I'm older and wiser. Oh, of
5: course.
6: Now I just go to the nearest department store and hand it to him in person. (laughs) I'll be glad to hand him your letter,
1: Gracie. Uh, That won't be necessary, Meredith. This is something Gracie wants me to give. uh...
6: Oh, yes. Well, would you be interested in hearing what my Uncle Tobias gives my Aunt Tilly for Christmas?
1: Uh, No, Meredith. Well,
6: sir... Every year my Uncle Tobias gives my Aunt Tilly a lock of his hair And she gives him a lock of her hair They've done that now for 20 years
0: Oh, how sweet
6: This year he's giving her a wig and she's giving him a toupee (laughs) (laughs) Meredith, I'm not interested in your
1: uncle I'm trying to find out what Gracie wants for Christmas And she's put it in the form of a riddle Oh, I see Read it to me, George First for Santa Claus, second for me. My eyes are blue, my initial is G. Bring me a present, large, not small, and I'll say Happy New Year
6: in the summer. Well, that's quite simple. You figured it out? Certainly. She wants Martha Graham for Christmas.
5: Oh, oh that's, that's you what she wants.
2: pleasant melodies, Meredith, with a swing to the rhythm that sets your feet to beating.
6: True, Toby. It's the rhythmic beat of a shottage, which is a slower Scotch version of the polka. The
2: Scotch polka? That sounds good.
6: Oh, it is good, Toby. Now, here's another famous and familiar shottage. Let's see if you recognize it. First, we'll start with just the mellow harmony. Now, we'll add a counter melody for richness.
2: Sounds mighty smooth, Meredith, but I still can't guess the name of it.
6: You'll be surprised, my boy. Listen while we add that vigorous, shottish rhythm. And now we'll combine the melody to complete this blend of a familiar shottish at its best.
2: Well, of course, it's Paul Linke's beautiful glowworm. And friends, just as all our favorite melodies are created by expertly blending many orchestral parts, so too with the creation of America's favorite coffee, Maxwell House. The superb quality, the famous good to the last drop flavor of Maxwell House, demands that not just one, but many choice Latin American coffees be included in the final superb Maxwell House blend. With great care and skill, the Maxwell House experts test and select Manizalias for mellowness. For richness, they add medellins. For vigor, they choose other choice coffees. And for fine full body, they add Bucaramanga's. up to flavor perfection of America's favorite coffee, Maxwell House, a blend so completely satisfying, it's bought and enjoyed by more people than any other brand of coffee at any price. So friends, enjoy the extra flavor of Maxwell House coffee yourself. You can for just a fraction of a penny more per cup than the cheapest coffee sold. Ask for Maxwell House. Always good to the last drop.
1: for Christmas? No.
0: Drop another 50 cents in the bowl.
1: Purse? No. Gloves?
0: Suede gloves? Yeah. Brown suede gloves? Yeah. Hand-stitched? Yes. No.
1: <laughs> Gracie, I can't guess what you want for Christmas from the silly clue. All right, I'll give you the next clue. Good, let's hear it.
0: Roses are red, water is wet, Truman is president, and how have you been? <laughs>
1: That's the clue? Yes. Let's go back to the first one.
0: No, George, work on it. I'll leave you alone so you can concentrate.
1: Concentrate my foot. Take this clue next door to Dr. Miller. Only a psychiatrist can figure this out. Oh, hello, George. Doc, I want to read you something. Very well. Well, Roses are red, water is wet, Truman is president, and how have you been? <laughs> what does that mean to you? It means you came to me just in time. You're cracking up. <laughs> no, no, no. I didn't write it. Gracie wrote it. Oh. It's supposed to tell me what Gracie wants for Christmas. Does it tell you anything? Definitely.
7: Tells me Gracie needs something for the house. Why? Padded walls. <laughs> I... I hoped that you could look at this clue and tell me what she wanted. Well, I could, George, if I understood how her mind worked. But to
1: determine that, I'd have to psychoanalyze her. Okay, Doc. I've got to find out what this clue means. Every time I guess wrong, it costs me 50 cents. So I'll probably save money even with your fee. Why, I wouldn't accept a fee to psychoanalyze Gracie. Why not? For
7: a psychiatrist to get into her mind. Be like a burglar getting into Fort Knox. <laughs>
5: I see what
1: you mean. I'll send her right over. Now then,
7: Mrs. Burns, just lie down on this couch here and relax completely.
0: Thank you, Doctor.
7: First, just a few general questions. How old are you?
0: I'd rather not say.
7: (laughs) Mrs. Burns, I'm a doctor. You can tell me anything. Now, how old are you? (laughs) Nineteen. Nineteen?
0: You said I could tell you anything.
7: I mean, if you tell me your age, I won't let it go any further. Oh. Now, how old are you?
0: Nineteen.
7: Still nineteen.
0: I'm not letting it go any further either.
7: (laughs) Mrs. Burns, how long have you been married?
0: Fifteen years.
7: Then if you're 19 years old, you were married when you were four. Oh,
0: <laughs> Doctor, you've got me trapped. <laughs> I see I'll have to tell the truth.
7: Good. Now, how old are you?
0: Twenty. Twenty. <laughs>
7: Let's skip your age and go on to the next question. Do you have any disturbing dreams? Especially dreams that recur again and again.
0: Oh, yes, yes. Every night for a long time I dreamed that the ice man came and put two fifty pound cakes of ice in the middle of my back.
7: Very interesting. I must attempt a solution.
0: Oh, I solved it. How? Well, I made George sleep with his socks on. <laughs>
7: Yes, I see. Well, now, Mrs. Burns, I'd like to give you a simple little test which will enable me to analyze your thought Mm process. Now, this is called a word association test.
0: Oh, and how does it work?
7: I will say a word, and that word will suggest something to you. Whatever it is, you say
0: it. I say whatever I think of. Right. Left.
7: (laughs) I hadn't started yet. Now, here we go. Picture. Friend. Powder. Huh? Telephone.
0: Thank you. Hello?
7: (laughs) What does the telephone suggest?
0: Nothing. Nobody's on the wire.
7: (laughs) Mrs. Burns, the telephone did not ring. When I said telephone, you should have said something like, Alexander Graham Bell. I see. Let's proceed. Army. Navy. Soldiers. Sailors. Wax.
0: and McGee and Molly. (laughs)
7: Made you think of Fibber McGee and Mark.
0: They sell it. I
7: was referring to W A C S.
0: So was I, Johnsons.
7: Let's proceed. Bing Crosby singing. Spencer Tracy acting. Charles Boyer. Charles Boyer.
0: Oh no. <laughs> Taking notes. So? So my husband can read.
7: Let's proceed. Hello? Oh, yes, Grace is right here. Telephone.
0: Alexander Graham Bell.
7: That was your husband.
0: No, I'm married to George Burns.
7: Be enough for the word association test. <laughs> now, suppose we delve into your childhood memories. Your family life. Was it happy and normal? Oh,
0: yes. Every morning, bright and early, the sun would come streaming through the kitchen windows and wake us up. We'd, we'd jump out of bed. And... Wait a
7: minute, Gracie. Your family slept in the kitchen?
0: Well, certainly. Where did you expect them to sleep?
7: In the bedroom. Stupid of me, wasn't it? <laughs>
5: <laughs>
0: yes, we couldn't sleep in the bedroom That's where we did our cooking
7: You cooked in the bedroom? Why?
0: Because it was upstairs
7: Why did you cook upstairs?
0: To keep the smell of food away from the kitchen where we slept
7: That'll be enough of your normal childhood memory Now let us try the mental coordination test See if you can place these square pegs and round pegs in their proper holes. George, I have completed the psychoanalysis of your wife. Swell, oh, yeah. First I gave her the Binet-Simon intelligence quotient test. Then I traced her mental processes with the word association test. Then I gave her the Bechtereff mendel reflex test, the Rorschach inkblot test, applied the factors of heredity and environment, and I knew her mind like a book. Wonderful. I then applied this knowledge to the clue she'd given you, and I was able to make a guess as to what she wanted for Christmas. Well? Where do I drop my 50 cents? <laughs>
5: Here's
2: Meredith Wilson on the orchestra, and the great old tune, True.
1: I'll never find out the present you want from these clues. What have I given you for other Christmases?
0: Well, uh, the first year we were married, you gave me a string with one pearl on it. You said that every year you'd add to it.
1: And I have, too. Say, maybe that's it. You want me to add to it again?
0: Oh, no, you better not. The string is so long now, I keep stepping on the pearl. Well,
5: that
1: was no help.
0: Now I better give... I better
1: give you another clue. Yes, a clue and some aspirin. Yes, I won't be a minute, dear. Okay, dear. Please come in. Hi, George. Say, did you get Gracie's present? No, Bill. I can't
4: find out what she wants. If you were Gracie, what would you like for Christmas? Oh, not a thing, George. Gee, I'd feel that I'd received life's supreme gifts when I got wonderful, handsome, talented, generous you. You haven't said anything that nice to me for a long time. No, not since last Christmas.
5: <laughs> no, no, no.
1: Oh, I get it, Bill. You don't have to to me. Don't we always exchange presents?
4: Well, I always exchange yours. <laughs> you, uh,
1: you don't like the cigars I've been sending you? Is that what they
5: were? Yes.
1: That's what they were. Every Christmas, I give you and Meredith
4: each a box of those cigars two for a quarter. Oh, they're robbing you, George. You shouldn't pay more than ten cents a box.
5: <laughs> we'll try it again next week.
4: George, here comes that big oil millionaire from Texas. Oh, yeah, Mr. Judson. Come yeah, yeah. in. Howdy, Burns. Oh, hello, Mr. Judson. You know Bill Goodwin. Oh, sure. You bet I do. <laughs> Say, Bill. I heard you talk about that Maxwell House coffee, so I got me some. Really? Well, isn't it, uh, isn't it wonderfully satisfying? Yes, sirry, rich and mellow. Oh, good to the last drop. The most delicious coffee I ever tasted. You bet.
5: <laughs>
4: uh, what part of Texas they grow it in. <laughs> Mr. Jetson, the superb coffees that go into Maxwell House are grown down near the equator. Oh, southern Texas,
8: huh? <laughs> Got down around Galveston. Uh,
4: Mr. Judson...
1: Well, now, it's
8: the best dern coffee in the whole world, and that cup I had this morning sure was worth the $1,000 I gave for it.
4: Wait a minute, you gave a $1,000 for it? Why, Mr. Judson, Maxwell House costs but a fraction of a penny more per cup than the cheapest coffee you can buy. Oh, I know that, but I had to leave the girl a tip. <laughs> It's got to make a living.
5: <laughs> <laughs> Say,
4: uh, uh, Bill, uh-huh. uh, tell me some more about that fine Galveston coffee. Uh, is it popular? <laughs> well, I'll tell you, Mr. Judson, with more than a thousand brands to choose from, more people buy and enjoy Maxwell House than any other brand of coffee in the world. But it's not grown in Galveston. It ain't? No, sir. It comes from places like Colombia, Brazil, Guatemala, Mexico, Salvador, Venezuela. Oh, the suburbs of Galveston.
1: <laughs> you might as well give up, Bill. To this guy, anything that's the best comes from Texas. The best coffee, the best-looking men, the best actors, the best
4: lovers. Really? Well, in that uh, case, I reckon I'll be moseying. Uh, so long, partner.
5: <laughs>
1: so long, Tex. Mr. Judson, maybe you can help me. I can't find out
4: what my wife wants for Christmas. Well, now, I'm having the same trouble. I know my wife wants
8: a string of beads, but I don't know what kind.
4: Well, what are you going to do?
8: Well, I'm going to get a four string. Rubies, emeralds, sapphires, and diamonds, and she can throw away the three she don't want. (laughs) Well, uh, you can afford that. You've got $26 million. No, no, that's $27 million. Yep, yep. You see, we had a little hard luck down home. Grandpa was out in the yard rocking in his
5: rocking chair.
7: You reared back a mite too far. The rocker dug in the ground. And up come another darned oil well.
5: (laughs) You
4: call that hard luck? Well, Grandpa never get that stuff out of his beard. (laughs) a great for grandpa, wasn't it? George. Uh,
5: yes. George,
0: I've got another clue. Oh, hello, Mr. Judson. Howdy, little lady. See, your husband tells me
7: he's having trouble guessing what you want for Christmas.
0: Yes, he is. He even guessed that I wanted a
8: horse. Well, now, that wouldn't be bad. You could bring him down to Texas and ride him on my
5: range.
0: Oh, no, I wouldn't do that. If the gas was on, he'd burn his feet. If <laughs> the <laughs> Well, George, I've prepared another clue for you.
1: Does this one give me a real hint?
0: Well, read it and see.
1: Use your brain. Don't be a goat. Why not ask me if I'd like a mink coat?
4: That's it.
1: You want a mink coat for Christmas? Can I have one? No. That isn't it, then.
0: Drop <laughs> another 50
1: cents in the bowl. Now, wait a minute. That's a cheat. This clue can't mean anything but a mink coat.
0: Yes, it can. Now, here, I'll help you. Now, look at the second line. Don't be a goat. Now, what do goats give?
1: Milk. Nope.
0: And uh, what do they make out of goat's milk? Cheese. Well...
1: You want goat cheese for Christmas?
0: <laughs> Drop another 50 cents in the bowl.
1: Gracie! Now,
0: that's a dollar you owe the punch bowl,
1: though. Oh, all right. Uh, what charity did you say this was for? Uh, poor mother's expected. Oh, a mother's expected. Okay.
0: Now, don't give up. Let's take the first line of the clue. Use your brain. Where is my brain?
1: That's tougher than what do you want for Christmas? <laughs>
0: I'm trying to help you. Where is my brain? In your head. And what do I wear on my head? A hat.
1: Oh, oh that's it. Of course you want a hat. Drop another, Drop another 50 f- cents in the
0: bowl. <laughs> Thank you. Now, let's take the third line of the clue.
1: Wait a minute. You going to help me again? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's easier that way.
0: Oh, you're getting
5: discouraged. I'm getting discouraged, yes.
0: Well... Let me see how much money is in the bowl. Uh, five, ten, fifteen, twenty, twenty-five. Twenty-eight dollars. Never mind, dear. You needn't make any more guesses. Well,
1: hallelujah. Now tell me, what do you want for Christmas? I don't know. You don't know?
0: No, just get me anything at all.
1: Then why did we go through this guessing routine?
0: Well, so I could get this twenty-eight dollars to send to my mother.
1: It's your mother who's expecting?
0: Yes, yeah, she's expecting to visit this.
1: A year in her plane. Her plane? She's got to mean her plane
2: fare. George and Gracie will return in just a moment. Join us again Thursday when we'll all be back. George Burns, Gracie Allen, Bill Goodwin, Meredith Wilson, and the Maxwell House Orchestra. And yours truly, Toby Reed.
1: And now here are our stars. Uh, Well, Gracie. How would you like a silver comb and brush set for Christmas?
0: Drop 50 cents in the bowl.
1: You're going back to that again?
0: Well, yes, I called Mama, and she wants to bring my brother Willie along, too. Good one.
6: (laughs) Hey, where do you live, Lucille?
5: I
9: live down in Mobile.
8: And what do you eat, Lucille?
9: Eat? I
8: eat Jell O. Jell O in those six delicious flavors strawberry, raspberry, cherry, orange, lemon, and
2: lime. Flavors locked in by a process exclusive with Jell O, just as the name Jell O is exclusive. Yes, that name's a trademark, the property of General Foods, and it tells you you're getting the genuine, the one and only Jell O gelatin dessert. Jell O, Jell O, Jell O,
8: Jell
2: Until next Thursday, good night and good luck from the makers of Maxwell House, America's number one preferred brand of coffee. Always good to the last drop. The George Burns and Gracie Allen Show is written by Paul Henning and Keith Fowler. And now stay tuned in for Noah Webster Sales, which follows immediately over most of these stations. This is NBC, the national
1: broadcasting company. Ladies and gentlemen, this is George Burns. The old flu uh, flu bug that's going around got Gracie today, and at the last minute, she couldn't make it to the studio. It was too late to rewrite the script, but a very dear friend of ours has stepped in and offered to read Gracie's lines. She's a very famous and talented movie star. Ladies and gentlemen, Miss Jane Wyman. Uh, Okay, Janie, from now on, you're Gracie. Take it.
10: Another cup of Maxwell House coffee, George?
1: Sure. Pour me a cup, Gracie.
10: You know, Maxwell House is always good to the last... (laughs) Drop.
2: And that
4: drop's good, too.
2: Yes, it's Maxwell House coffee time, starring George Burns and Gracie Allen. With yours truly, Toby Reed, Hans Conrad, Gail Gordon, Henry Blair,
4: Meredith Wilson, and the Maxwell House Orchestra, and Bill Goodwin. For your Christmas night comedy enjoyment, it's George and Gracie. Brought to you with holiday greetings from the makers of Maxwell House Coffee. Always good to the last drop.
2: Well, it's Christmas morning as we look in at the Burns house and George and Gracie are making their plans for the day.
10: George, let's invite all our friends over this afternoon.
1: Okay, Gracie.
10: I can make some turkey sandwiches and coffee. Oh, George, we'll have an open house. Well, and
1: then I'll pass around my cigars.
10: Oh, but but George, I can't open the house that much. (laughs)
1: Are you inferring that my cigars are strong?
10: Well, remember last Christmas when poor Meredith Wilson smoked one? Yeah. Well, he turned so green, everyone hung hung tinsel on him.
1: Uh, Well, I'll have Meredith go easy. Uh, Who else shall we invite?
10: Well, Dr. Miller's wife is visiting her mother, so let's be sure and invite him and then Bill Goodwin and Mr. Judson the Texan. Well,
1: do you think a guy with Judson's millions will be happy with turkey sandwiches and my cigars?
10: Oh, he's one man who loves your cigars. He says the cowboys use them in Texas. Really? Yeah. Only he says instead of cutting them up into cigars, they just leave them in one long piece of rope.
5: <laughs>
6: I
1: say. Well, let's call on Mr. Judson first. Uh, I think he's at the Ambassador Hotel, isn't he?
10: Yes, he has seven, eight, nine, and ten.
1: He's got four rooms? No, four floors. <laughs> oh, yes, I forgot he's broke. Come, let's go. <laughs>
10: Merry Christmas, Mr. Judson. Yeah, Merry Christmas. Well, now,
8: the same to you.
10: Did Santa Claus come to see you last night? Yeah,
4: yeah. I reckon by now old Santa's heading back to his home in Texas. <laughs> I, uh, I think the old boy is supposed to live at the North Pole. Santa Claus don't live in Texas? No. Well, now, that sure is mighty unfair. Unfair? Well, he's so nice to everyone, and look what a dirty deal he got. (laughs) Yes, it was rough on the old boy. eh?
10: Mr. Judson, we'd like for you to come over and spend Christmas with us.
1: Well, now, I'd be delighted. Are are you sure you want me? Well, if you don't come, we'll be dismayed.
4: (laughs) Want us to pick you up later? No, Uh, no, uh, you don't have to bother. I'll drive over in the old bus. What kind do you drive? A regular Greyhound bus.
1: (laughs) You own a Greyhound bus? Yeah. Well,
7: I I got on it one day, and the driver didn't have change of a $10,000 bill, so So I bought bought the
5: the bus. bus. (laughs) (laughs) Well,
1: let's go over and invite Bill Goodwin, Gracie. See you at the house, Mr. Judson.
10: Yes, and and don't don't do anything fancy, Mr. Judson. Just its nice little quiet get-together.
8: Oh, that will be nice. We can sit around and swap yarns.
10: Oh, do you like to knit? Uh, Oh, I like.
5: (laughs) (laughs)
4: Oh, I like your sense of humor, (laughs) ma'am.
10: I'm sorry we got you out of bed,
4: Bill. Oh, that's all right, Gracie. I got up at 6 o'clock to look at my stocking.
10: What'd you find?
4: My foot. I forgot to take them off.
10: <laughs>
4: Sounds like you had a large evening. Well, you know, Christmas Eve, George. I had to remember all my girls.
10: Well, what'd you give them, Bill?
4: I gave each girl a ring. Really? Yeah, I was on the phone all night.
10: <laughs>
5: <laughs>
1: Generous little kid. You know. <laughs> oh,
10: Bill... George and I would like for you to spend Christmas at our house. Can you make it? Oh,
1: sure, Gracie. Count me in. I'll have plenty of my cigars for you to smoke. Count me out.
10: <laughs> oh, but, Bill, we're going to serve Maxwell House
5: coffee.
1: Oh, count me in. And, of course, I'll sing a few songs. Count me out. Count I me know.
5: Out. <laughs> uh,
1: look, Toto. Yes. If it'll. <laughs> But to make you happy,
4: I'll sing about Maxwell House coffee. Oh, no, George, not with your voice. Maxwell House is America's number one coffee.
10: And George is America's number one singer.
4: Maxwell House is loved by millions.
10: And George is loved by millions.
4: Maxwell House has been great since
10: 1885.
5: And George has been great. Okay, (laughs) (laughs) okay.
4: So you won't come over, huh, Bill? Ah, sure I will, George. I was only kidding. I love to come to your house. There's always something warm and friendly there. Really, Bill? Yeah, and be sure you have a cup of it ready for me. <laughs> oh, the coffee. Yes, yes, I just got it. Well, I'll see you later with it. Got me out.
10: Oh, I wonder if Meredith is at home.
1: Oh, yeah, he's here. I can hear him tootling on that silly flute.
6: Christmas all. Oh, happy New Year, all.
10: Oh, we're having open house this afternoon, Meredith. Will you come over?
6: Oh, you better will. Can I bring Fifi? Fifi, it's... Uh, who threw that at me? <laughs> Who's Fifi? Well, a young lady from Paris, France, with whom I had a date last night. That's who. Is that...
10: <laughs> what an evening. What'd you do?
6: Well, knowing she was French, I played her some Ravel and Gounod.
10: Oh, I bet those French games are fun.
6: <laughs> uh, Gracie, they're composers. I played Fifi 17 selections on the flute. Yeah? What an evening.
5: There was only...
6: I want to say there was only one disturbing element.
5: sick. I
6: Now and then, Fifi would look at me and say, Kel, jerk. And that disturbed you? Yes, I don't understand French, and I was afraid the word kell might mean something uncomplimentary.
10: <laughs> oh, Meredith, it means what? She was saying, what a jerk.
6: Oh, thanks, Gracie. That takes quite a load off my mind. Being called a jerk doesn't bother you? Not at all, George. Jerk must be a term of endearment. All my friends call me that. <laughs> well, it's the same as Spunky yes. Yeah.
1: Well... <laughs> Mary, if you're really a case.
6: You played 17 songs on a flute, and you didn't even give Pee-Pee one kiss. Oh, yes, I did, George. The 11th number I played was one kiss from the operetta new moon.
5: <laughs>
6: uh, be there at 12. The sociable will be over at 11.
5: <laughs> Goodbye,
10: all. Goodbye,
1: all.
10: Oh, George, I'd better hurry home and get things ready for our open house.
1: Okay, Gracie, and I'll go and invite Dr. Miller. <laughs> Why,
7: I'd be delighted to come to your open house, George. Well, swell, doctor. How about your little son? Oh, Bobby, you'll be quite content to stay home alone. Won't you, Bobby?
0: Indeed, I will, Daddy. Anything you say, sir.
7: Say, Doc, you really got the little fellow trained. George, I'm a psychiatrist. Hmm. You know, my wife used to spank him until her hand was blistered and did absolutely no good. Then along I came with a book on child psychology. That did it, huh? Oh, yes. When I spanked him with that book, he straightened right off. (laughs)
1: Psychology is great if you can lift it.
10: Daddy, can I play with my electric train now?
7: Oh, why, of course, huh? George, you're about to witness the practical application of psychology to the choice of a child's Christmas present. What do you mean? The assembling and operating of this train will teach Bobby many valuable lessons.
6: Really?
7: Yeah, now observe. Putting the tracks together will teach him how to work with his hands. Hmm the sections of the track, they fit into one another like... Bobby, get your hands off. Daddy's putting tracks together. Yes, sir. As so I was saying, this teaches him to work with his hands. I can see that. You know. I can see that, yes. Now, the next step is to put the cars together. Here, Bobby learns the lesson of observation. Which car comes first?
10: I think the engine comes first like this, and then... Son, like...
7: you want to break things? <laughs> Daddy will put the cars together.
1: Too. Yeah, kid, take it easy. You'll wear yourself out.
7: <laughs> now I'll start the train. Here comes Bobby's lesson in coordination, George. He must figure out which way to throw the switch in order to send the train through the tunnel instead of crashing into those freight cars.
10: Well, that's easy. I just throw the switch this way. Bobby, you please
7: keep your hands off your nice new toy. I'll throw the switch. There.
10: But, Daddy, that's the wrong way.
7: Well, no, your father's a great deal older and wiser than you are, son.
10: I know, but, Daddy... Son,
7: I'm trying to teach you something. Now, pay attention. What's the use? You give a child a nice toy, the first thing he does is break it up. <laughs>
5: yeah,
2: Christmas, what a gay, festive holiday it was 50 years ago at the celebrated old Maxwell House Hotel. This was the day when Nashville's famous hostelry outdid itself in bountiful hospitality of the season. Now just listen to this bill of fare. Oysters in champagne, baked opossum, breast of white swan, roast Kentucky coon. These and other savories were served in regal style when Christmas Day came round. But with all the delicacies the old Maxwell House offered... Its coffee was praised the most. A special blend whose rare and satisfying flavor captured the very essence of this joyous season. Today, perhaps Tennessee opossum and Kentucky coon are forgotten. Picturesque traditions of an earlier Christmas day. But the rich and hospitable spirit they suggest, the spirit of old-fashioned Christmas cheer, lives on and on. This is the heritage of Maxwell House coffee. And it's in this spirit that the makers of Maxwell House wish you the very merriest of Christmases and the happiest of New Year's. home with George and Gracie, played by Miss Jane
1: Wyman.
10: Well, George, our guests should be arriving pretty soon.
1: Yeah, you know, Gracie, I wish I had presents hanging on the tree for them.
10: Oh, don't worry about that. A glorious song from you will be their present, Sugar Throat.
1: (laughs) Oh, jingle bell, jingle bell, jingle all the way, oh, what (laughs) fun.
10: When you sing, you're the perfect Christmas present. You think so? Oh, everyone thinks so. The other night at that party when you sang, I heard 15 people say that you should be hanging from a tree.
1: (laughs) I'll have to think that one over.
10: As soon as everyone gets here, I'll ask you to sing.
1: Yeah, but uh, be kind of subtle about it, Gracie. Uh, Lead into it from the conversation. What do you mean? Well, for example, we know that Dr. Miller is going to talk about psychoanalyzing people, so have a lead-in ready off of that. Oh,
10: I get it. If he's talking about his patience, I'll say... Oh, speaking of being crazy, would you like to hear George sing?
1: <laughs> I think we can be more subtle than that. Now, he's sure to talk about dreams. So you say, speaking of dreams, George sings like one.
10: Oh, George. How brilliant. Well, you're smart enough for two people.
1: I have to be. <laughs> <laughs> now... Mr. Judson will talk about Texas, so you say speaking of glorious Texas reminds me of my husband's glorious voice. Oh, well, that's easy. Now, and, and getting a, a a music cue for Meredith is even easier. All you have to do is suggest that he play the flute, and he'll blow his brains out. Well, how does
10: that get you to sing?
1: Well, while he's getting his fruit out of the case, you quick suggest that I sing first.
5: Oh,
10: yes. Yes, I'll say, wait till you've heard George sing and then blow your brains out.
5: (laughs) Uh,
1: You just ask him to play the flute and I'll take it from there.
10: Quiet, quiet everybody, quiet. Look, let's have some entertainment. Uh, Meredith, would you
6: play the flute? Oh, I'd be glad to, Gracie, but I left it at home. Oh, well, that's too bad, Meredith. But we can have some other entertainment. Well, very well. I'll regale you with stories of Mason City Island. I don't want to be regaled. Every Christmas, Mason City has what is called the Mason City Corn Festival. This is held in Mason City. Well, you'll regale us later. Yes. yes. Well, uh, sir, again and again, I was chosen to represent the spirit of corn. <laughs> couldn't have made a better choice. (laughs) Thank you. Well, I stood in the center of the stage with my arms outstretched, holding an ear in each hand.
10: Oh, my goodness, that must have stretched them terribly.
4: (laughs) Yeah, too bad they didn't snap back.
6: (laughs) Bill, they weren't the same ears you see now. Oh, they were ears of corn. And on my shoulders, I had a pumpkin. Well, that's the same one we see now. (laughs) (laughs) Chris,
1: I'd like to see you in the next room for a moment. Excuse us, folks. <laughs> uh, Meredith will never stop talking about Mason City, so you'd better take your cue for Mr. Judson. Remember the one we rigged up for him?
10: Well, you better tell me again.
1: Okay. First we get him to say something about Texas, then you say, speaking of glorious Texas reminds me of my husband's glorious voice. How about a song from George?
4: Got it? Got it. So do it.
8: Yeah, there we were.
4: Oh, I Mr.
10: Like... Judson.
4: Yeah, see, little lady, I just had an idea. How, how about a song from George?
10: Oh, speaking of a song from George, reminds me of glorious oh, Texas. No.
4: <laughs> glorious Texas is right. Now, you sit down, and I'll tell you all about it.
1: Gracie, step in the next room for a moment.
4: <coughs> Why, down there in Texas, we...
1: Well, you uh, certainly uh, uh, fixed uh, uh, that one up, but... He says, how about a song, and you say, that reminds me of Texas. Well,
10: I'm sorry, George. All of a sudden, I just went into reverse.
1: Well, go back to Judson and use the right gear, shift. <laughs> your cue is speaking of glorious Texas.
10: Well, now, don't worry. I'll do it this
4: time. I hope so. And down there, they've oh, got all... Oh,
10: oh, Mr. Johnson, oh, yeah, little lady? Is Texas really as glorious as you say it is?
4: Why, it's a paradise. The Texas sky is just as beautiful and blue as your lovely eyes.
10: Oh, speaking of my... Hmm?
4: <laughs> I, I said our sky is as lovely as your eyes.
10: You really think my eyes are lovely?
4: I sure do. Percy, speaking of glorious Texas...
10: Oh, speaking of glorious Texas, how about my hair?
4: (laughs) Well, that's mighty pretty, too. Like the gold of a Texas sunset. Gracie.
10: Ever happen to notice my complexion?
4: Yeah, yeah, it's as soft as the petals of a Texas
1: prairie flower. Step in the next room for a moment. (laughs) Again, you messed me up. Things like this wouldn't happen if you were a sane, sensible woman like Janie Wyman. (laughs)
10: Oh, now she's no smarter than I
1: am (laughs) Mm, Well, this time I'll give my own cue How? When we go back, you ask me how I used to celebrate Christmas when I was a boy I'll take it from there.
10: All right You having a good time, everybody? Oh, 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 that's nice Now, George, George, how did you celebrate Christmas when you were a boy?
1: Well, when I was a boy, I was very poor But on Christmas Day, we used to get together and I would sing a song that went something like this Oh, heart of my heart, See, I love that's you. Say, Let's get up a quartet and
4: have a little close harmony. Yeah, that's oh, a great idea. Nice, nice, well, okay, okay, that's better than nothing. I'll tell you what I'll, I'll sing. I'll sing bass. I'll sing baritone. I'll sing first tenor. I'll sing second tenor. Well, that's the whole quartet. <laughs> what, uh,
1: What'll I
7: do? Well, you hit us a chord on the piano. Oh, no. Oh,
2: Wilson with Chapon setting a Victor Herbert's toy lamp.
1: The quartet has sung ten numbers, and I haven't opened my mouth.
10: Oh, well, we're not licked, George. You had a wonderful idea to lead into a song from Dr. Miller's conversation. Oh, yeah, yeah.
1: That's the one where you get him to talk about dreams, and then you say, speaking of dreams, George sings like one.
10: Oh, that's simple. A dummy could handle that.
1: Well, stop handling it. Roll bones, roll bones, on the on the Step knowledge and King. Look, uh, Gracie has something to ask Dr. Miller. Well, oh, yes, Gracie?
10: I love to hear about your psychiatry cases. Have your patients had any dreams lately?
7: Oh, yes. One of them had a horrible nightmare.
10: Oh, speaking of horrible nightmares, George sings like one.
1: <laughs> Step into the next room for a moment. Well, you did it again. Well,
10: I meant to say dream, George, but I opened my mouth and nightmare popped out.
1: That's happened many times in your life. Well, we've got one more chance, Bill Goodwin.
10: Oh, but we don't have a cue ready for him.
1: With Bill, you don't need a plan ahead. You just go in there and say that you're going to make Maxwell House coffee. Bill will say Maxwell House is rich and mellow. Then you say my voice is rich and mellow when we're in.
10: Oh, well, that's easy. I just wait for Bill to say that Maxwell House coffee is rich
4: and mellow. mellow. right, here we go. go.
10: Oh, uh, Bill.
4: Yes, Gracie?
10: Uh, I'm going to make some Maxwell House coffee.
4: Oh, swell. <laughs> well,
10: well, Bill, what is Maxwell House?
4: Good to the last drop.
10: Oh, what else?
4: Preferred by millions. Oh, say, Gracie, speaking of millions reminds me of this girl I met. Uh, she's the daughter of a Pasadena millionaire. Boy, is she rich and mellow.
10: Oh, but what about Maxwell House?
4: Oh, she loves it. She's a smart girl in addition to being rich and mellow.
10: But what about Maxwell House?
4: Gracie, take my song to you from what he says about the girl.
10: Oh, oh. Uh, what did you say about the girl, Bill?
4: Her old man is lousy with money. Oh,
10: <laughs> speaking of lousy, okay, George. Okay,
1: okay. <laughs> well, you fix that one, too. You
10: want to see me in the next room, huh?
1: Now, this time, I want to see Meredith. Meredith. Me, George? Yes, step into the next room a Very well. Uh, look, Meredith, maybe you can help me. You're an agreeable sort of a schmole.
6: <laughs> or, as the French would say, Cal Schmole.
1: Oui, oui. Yes. And uh, now, go back there. Hit a chord on the piano and say, how about a song from the
6: talented member of the Burns family? George. Oh, I'd be glad to. Good, let's do it. Uh, All right, now, how about a song from that talented member of the Burns family?
4: Yeah, let's have a song from Gracie. Oh, Gracie. Oh,
5: well,
10: thank you, but but I'm really not prepared. George.
6: Uh, Yes, Gracie,
1: you want me to do something?
10: Yes, run, get my music. (laughs)
5: I'll go, but I won't.
4: Ah, you don't need music, Gracie. Sing that song you did for us last Christmas when Irish eyes is smiling.
5: Well, all
10: right, Bill. When Irish eyes are smiling, should is like a
5: breath of
10: With the lift of
5: Irish laughter,
10: you can hear the angels sing. When Irish hearts are happy,
11: all the world
10: seems bright and gay. But when Irish
4: Pretty little lady Now sing that song about Texas. Sure, a little bit of heaven fell from out in the sky one day.
6: <laughs> That's Irish, Mr. Judson. Sing another Irish song, Gracie. Yeah, how about uh,
4: Kathleen Mavourneen? Yeah, Rose of Tralee, <laughs> Lakes of Killani, or uh, The Wearing of the Greens. Uh, my mother came from Ireland. Would anybody like
1: to hear Cohen owes me $97? Cohen
8: owes me Seven dollars. Oh, shut up,
4: George. Cohen owes me Right, George, please sing a number.
10: Cohen.
1: Okay. Okay.
4: <laughs> okay, that's the way. <laughs> well, where did George go? If Cohen owes him ninety-seven dollars, he went to collect.
5: Oh,
10: Bill. George's feelings are hurt and it's your fault. Every one of you.
4: Every
7: one of you? Well, you
10: wouldn't let him sing. You've broken his heart on Christmas Day. Now he's in there all alone with his little wrinkles filled with tears. (laughs) Yeah, yeah,
4: he's probably bawling like a fresh-weaned calf. (laughs) Let's call him back in and persuade him to sing. Sure, that's the least we can do. Oh,
10: thank you. I'll call him. Uh, George, George, everybody wants to hear you sing. Won't you come back?
1: You will. <laughs> you really want to hear me, fellas? Yes. Sure, sure, George, go ahead. Well, okay, give me a chord, Meredith. <laughs> From time to time and every climb, blessing. to that
10: a beautiful voice? you not give him a chance to sing. Go ahead, George.
1: From time to time Hang and on, every kind. Climb... You. you
10: don't know good music when you hear it. George.
6: From time to time and oh, every George, climb... we're really sorry we were so rude. Go ahead.
4: <laughs> From time to time yes, and yeah, every Yeah, it was right thoughtless of us not to let you sing. Now you go right ahead. <laughs> From... And I just dare anyone to stop you.
5: <laughs> Lay it
4: on us, George. <laughs> From time to time, and every
1: time, you your heart content.
5: Are
1: you all through complimenting me? Can I finish my song now?
5: Sure. Sure. All right. Go ahead. All right.
1: From time to time, and every climb, blessings come Hello? from
10: above Who? To Oh, Toby! Them. Oh, hey, everybody, it's
1: Toby
6: Reed. Man, him over, yeah, he can well, sing an well, our court, too. has got a swell voice. And more and of a merry. Yes. We're
5: having oh, a wonderful Christmas party. Yes, everybody's here. Oh, Mr. Judson and Dr. Miller and Bill and Anna. Oh, no, 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 bye.
2: when we'll all be back. George Burns, Gracie Allen, Bill Goodwin, Meredith Wilson, and the Maxwell House Orchestra, and yours truly, Toby Reed.
1: Now here are George Burns and Jane Wyman. Janie, I don't know how to thank you. It was just wonderful of you to step in at the last minute and read Gracie's line. Well, it was a pleasure to do it,
10: George, and I hope the old devil flu leaves Gracie real soon. Get up, Gracie, so we can see you New Year's Eve.
1: Good night, Janie, and thanks again. Merry Christmas, everyone. I'll be right home, Goodwin.
11: Where do you live, Louise? In
10: Los Angeles.
11: And what do you eat, Louise? Eat,
2: I eat
10: jello.
2: And from the makers of jello, a merry, merry Christmas to all of you. We hope it's been a day of days, with all your Christmas dreams come true, and we hope your tree is alight with joyful candles, while the Christmas angel on the top smiles down at the youngsters underneath. Yes, a merry Christmas from Jello, 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 Jell-O. jello, jello. 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 Oh. good night and good luck from the makers of Maxwell House, America's number one preferred brand of coffee, always good to the last drop. The George Burns and Gracie Allen Show is written by Paul Henning and Keith Fowler. And now, stay tuned in for Noah Webster Says, which follows immediately over most of these days. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company.
0: A cup of Maxwell House
1: coffee,
4: George? Sure. Pour me a cup, Gracie.
0: You know, Maxwell House is always good to the
4: last (laughs) drop. That drop's good, too. Yes, it's Maxwell House Coffee Time, starring George Burns and Gracie Allen. With yours truly, Bill Goodwin, the music of Meredith Wilson and his orchestra, Gail Gordon, and our happy postman, Mel Blank. For your Thursday night comedy enjoyment, it's George and Gracie. And for your everyday coffee-drinking enjoyment, it's Maxwell House. The coffee that gives you so much more for so little more that it's bought and enjoyed by more people than any other brand of coffee in the world. Yes, Maxwell House, expertly blended and radiant roasted for rich, mellow, extra flavor. Maxwell House, the coffee that's always good to the last drop. Have last month's bills arrived at your house yet? Or does your husband still speak to you? When I dropped by the Burns house this morning, Gracie was wondering how to break the bad news to George.
0: Oh, Bill, I'll have to get George in an awfully good humor before I let him see these Christmas bills. How can I do it?
4: Well, let's see. Well, hey, wearing one of those slinky lace negligees ought to please George.
0: Oh, no, he'd look terrible in it.
4: (laughs) Gracie, I meant for you to wear it, not George. Put the bills on the table and stand beside him in your negligee.
0: It'll never work, Bill. We've been married too long. What do you mean? Well, he'll notice the way the bills are stacked, not me.
4: (laughs) Oh, you're wrong, Gracie. If George has got an ounce of blood in his veins, he'll... Yeah, I see what you mean.
0: Well, I guess there's just no way that a wife can present her husband with a bill and make him like
4: it. Not true, Gracie. My mother did it, and father was happy as a lark. Well, she must have presented him with an awfully little bill. No, I weighed eight and a half pounds. (laughs)
0: the kind of bills I mean. Now, come on, help me think of something.
4: Well, maybe you could put George in a good humor by fixing his favorite food.
0: That's right. The way to his heart is through his chest.
4: No, no, it's through his stomach. You slipped up.
0: It's through his chest. That slipped down.
4: <laughs> well, anyway, Gracie, what does a little man like to eat?
0: Well, he adores hot biscuits. You know, he still got the first biscuit I made after we were married.
4: Really? He saves funny things.
0: Yes. He's also got the first tooth he lost after we were married.
4: Why why does he save the tooth?
0: He can't get it out of the biscuit. (laughs) I see. Of course I can make wonderful biscuits now. George just drools when... Say, I've got a great idea. I'll fold the bills up real small and bake them inside the biscuits.
4: Oh, then when he takes a bite, he'll discover the bill. Right.
0: With a mouthful of biscuit, he won't be able to scream so loud.
4: Well, it's a screwy idea, Gracie, but it might work.
0: Oh, anything to soften the blow for my darling George.
4: You really love that little schnook, don't you, Gracie?
0: <laughs> oh, yes, Bill. When they made George, they broke the mold.
4: Well, better late than never. <laughs> so long, Gracie. I hope your plan works.
0: biscuits are done. Now let's see. This one has the May Company bill in it. This one has a Sachs bill. This one is the Broadway. And this one... Re- Uh-oh. Here comes George. I better soften him up with a little flattery before lunch.
1: Hello, Gracie.
0: Oh, Georgie boy, you're home from school.
5: <laughs>
0: from school? Oh, forgive me, dear. You look so young. I always think of you as going to high school.
1: <laughs> I don't look like I go to high school College, maybe
0: Ah, your but, handsome face is ageless Your noble brow Your classic features They look like they belong on a Greek statue Gracie you Sometimes I'd swear your head was made of marble
5: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Well, old marble head is hungry Hey you got biscuits? Yeah,
0: try one.
1: Okay. Mmm. Boy, that was good.
0: You swallowed the whole thing? Yeah. Well, that takes care of the May Company. <laughs> huh? They can't send a collector after that one. What
1: are you talking oh, about? Oh,
0: nothing. Here, try the Broadway. I mean, have another biscuit. <laughs>
1: I'll break this open and put some butter... There's a piece of paper in here. Uh
0: Uh-huh. There's one in each of the biscuits.
1: Oh, I get it. Like the Chinese tea rooms. My fortune isn't these biscuits.
0: (laughs) Uh, You're so right.
1: Well, I'll open all
8: of them.
0: Yes, dear, and I'll run get you the ice bag.
1: Ice bag? I feel fine. I don't need any ice bag. Just pass me those biscuits.
0: Ice bag, feel, darling. Okay. Here. I buttered some more aspirin for you.
1: <laughs> you buttered the aspirin?
0: Well, as long as you were eating it like popcorn, I thought I might as well butter it.
1: <laughs> Gracie, look at that stack of bills. How could you buy that many Christmas presents? Where did you find them?
0: Oh, I just opened up my charge account, and there they were. And uh, you figured I'd, uh, I'd... <laughs> You pay,
12: pay for them,
1: all yeah, of them yeah, yeah. I uh, the bills are in my mouth, yes, yeah, that paper. <laughs> well, you're out of luck. I'm going to stop being the goose that lays the golden eggs.
0: You mean you're going to stop telling jokes on the radio?
1: <laughs> never mind. Now listen to me, young lady. I'm going to tell you a thing or two. From now on... Hello, all. Oh, hello, Meredith. <laughs> Meredith, hmm? what would you do if the person you married spent money like a drunken
6: sailor? Well, in the first place, I would never marry a drunken sailor. <laughs> Uh, Meredith, though so at one time I was quite friendly with a sober wave, mm. <laughs> she uh, picked me up one night at the Palladium.
0: She, she picked you up
6: yes, I fell down while attempting to jitterbug, and, and she, she picked, picked you me up, up. Yes. <laughs> Meredith um I want you to hear it. well one thing led to another, and before I knew it, that wave had me in the back seat of a taxi during the war I was a Sucker for a uniform
0: Oh, Meredith, (laughs) you didn't even know her
6: I know, Gracie, but I felt that I should be kind to her After all, she'd been fighting for me (laughs) (laughs) Look, Meredith But no sooner were we alone Than she became quite amorous Oh, she wasn't to blame I was attractive and she'd been at sea for a long time
5: (laughs)
1: Meredith, when you came in, I asked you one simple question. All I want you to do is answer that. Gladly, George. Would you uh, state the question again? What would you do if the person you married spent money like a
6: drunken sailor? Well, in the first place, I would never marry a drunken sailor. Look, uh, Meredith. <laughs> though at one uh, time I was, was quite friendly Meredith. with a... Good good story, bye, goodbye, good. Goodbye, Meredith.
4: Missouri Waltz. You know, Meredith, it may be 1947, but music like that makes me think that underneath it all, I'm still an old-fashioned guy.
6: Because you like it? Mm-hmm. No need to apologize for that, Bill. Liking waltzes has always been in the very best American tradition, and it still is. With old favorites like the Missouri waltz jingling the jukeboxes today from Seattle to Scranton.
4: Yes, like sparking your girl on a Saturday night. The waltz has been tested by time and never found wanting grandfather was swinging his partner in waltz time when bustles and high-button shoes were the height of fashion. And a hundred years from now, you can bet that the waltz will still be expressing the romance and sentimental gaiety that have always belonged to our American scene. Makes me think how Maxwell House coffee truly belongs to the American scene, too. Here in America, we've actually made coffee a national drink. And more people buy and enjoy Maxwell House than any other brand of coffee at any price. It's Maxwell House wherever you go. Flavor explains this nationwide preference. The rich, full-bodied Maxwell House flavor that results from the masterful blending of these premium Latin American coffees. Manizales for mellowness. Medellins for richness. Other choice coffees for vigor. And Bucaramanga's for full body. All adding up to great coffee at the peak of flavorful goodness. Friends, why not know the very best in coffee-drinking pleasure... You can, for just a fraction of a penny more per cup than you'd pay for the cheapest coffee sold. Just make yours Maxwell House. Always good to the last drop.
1: Gracie, suppose you start explaining these Christmas bells. Who got this $25 hat?
0: Oh, I gave that to Clara Bagley. I've decided to break up our friendship.
1: Then why did you give her an expensive hat?
0: Well, I have one exactly like it. And when she sees me with it on, then she'll stop speaking to me.
1: There must be cheaper ways to lose a friend. Here's a bill for a bushel of nuts delivered to San Francisco. Who'd you send those to?
0: My mother. That was your own suggestion, dear. Every time I said, What'll we send mother? you said nuts to her.
1: I should give your mother a bushel of nuts. What'd she
6: ever give me?
0: She gave you me. I'm as good as the nuts.
1: You can say that again.
0: I'd rather not. I didn't like the way it sounded.
1: (laughs) And you got this chromium chair with the plastic seat. For who? Oh,
0: my brother Willie. He's building his own house with a GI loan, and he's crazy about antique furniture.
1: A chromium and plastic chair isn't antique.
0: It will be by the time the house is built.
1: (laughs) How about this necklace?
0: Who got that? My sister Bessie. She needed it to hide her appendicitis scar.
1: (laughs) Uh, on her neck And appendicitis scars on the stomach
0: I know, but Bessie was so ticklish They but had to had
1: operate, operate up. up Yes, I see what you, mean.
5: <laughs>
1: you made that up
0: Well, I was just trying to, do, to amuse
1: you Well, I'm not amused Those relatives of yours are costing me a fortune Here's a bill for a pair of earrings Oh,
0: well, now, don't scream about those, George I bought those for one of your relatives Who? Your wife
1: <laughs> i might have known do you do you uh, what do you expect me to do about these bills
0: write out checks for them here here's the special fountain pen you use for paying bills
1: special fountain pen for paying bills
0: yes it writes under protest
1: <laughs> well i got news for you kid i can't pay these bills
0: why not
1: because there's not enough money in the bank.
0: Oh, don't be silly. It says right on the window of the bank there's over 12 million dollars in there.
1: I mean, there's not enough money in my account. And if you overdraw your account, you can be put in jail.
0: Oh, dear. Well, don't you worry. I'll I'll figure out some way to settle those bills. Judge, everything is fine. The Christmas bills are paid. Really? What did you do? I used my head. You said the bank could put you in jail if you overdraw your account. That's right. So I wrote the checks myself. <laughs> <laughs> what? Well, they can't put me in jail. I haven't got an account there.
1: <laughs> oh, no. Gracie, it's even worse to write checks when you have no account at all. Now they'll put you in jail.
0: You mean I'm a juvenile delinquent?
1: You'll be worse unless you get those checks back
0: But the checks are in the mail
1: Well, then you're just out of luck Oh,
0: look, here comes the postman He can save me He can get those checks out of the mail Good afternoon, Missy
9: Byrne.
0: Here's your mail. Oh, Mr. Postman, I'm in terrible trouble. And you're the one who can help me.
9: Oh, I love to help damsels
5: in distress. (laughs)
9: Just as Sir Galahad rescued Guinevere from the dragon, I will rescue you. Is your husband a dragon?
0: A little, but he's tired. (laughs)
9: Yes. Uh, How can I help you, Mrs. Burns? Well,
0: by mistake, I put some bad checks in the mail, and I want you to get them for me.
9: Oh, I dare not tamper with the mail. But,
0: Mr. Postman, if I don't get those checks back, I'll go to jail. What if your wife were in a spot like this? You wouldn't let her go to jail?
12: (laughs) You say such humorous things, Mrs.
9: Burns.
0: (laughs) you think of some way i can get those checks
9: your only chance is to stop them when they come through the bank
0: oh well do you know anyone who works at the bank
9: not now my wife bertha worked in the escrow department when i married her now i guess they just call it the s department why i took away the crow
0: (laughs) mr postman that gives me an idea i'll go down and get a job at the bank myself and then i can grab those checks when they come through
12: well, good luck, Mrs. Burns, and remember, keep smiling.
0: How do you do? Are you Mr. Vanderlip, the president of this bank? I am. Well, um, I wonder if you'd do something for me.
8: I suppose you'd like me to authorize you alone.
0: I would not. Just because I'm alone, don't think you can authorize me.
8: <laughs> Madam. Do
0: I, I look like the sort of a girl who can be authorized?
8: But I didn't and have. You
0: won't! <laughs> I didn't come in here to be insulted. But. All authorized.
8: Believe me, I meant no harm. What is the nature of your business?
0: Oh, well, I'd like a job in your bank.
8: I see. In what department?
0: Uh, how about the check room?
8: <laughs> check room?
0: I want to get my hands on some checks I, I mean, I like to handle checks
8: At uh, what bank were you previously employed? Um, Naturally, I can check your record at any bank in the United States
0: uh, I worked at the Bank of England
8: <laughs> Bank of England? Pip-pip <laughs> Were you a teller? Mm.
0: Not me, I jolly well kept my mouth shut.
8: <laughs> <laughs> Madam, I do not believe you were employed by the Bank of England.
0: You don't, huh? Well, just ask me some banking questions.
8: Very well. What would you do in the case of an overdraft?
0: Close the transom. <laughs> <laughs> Next question.
8: <clears throat> Suppose we cease this masquerade. You obviously know nothing whatever about banking.
0: Then I don't get the job? No. In that case, put up your hands what this is a holdup
8: you have no gun
0: oh well let's get back to the job
8: <laughs> look i'm a busy man what is this all about
0: well i've got to recover some checks i wrote on this bank you see i haven't got an account here and my husband says i'll go to jail
8: and so you will unless something is done perhaps i could authorize you a loan.
0: there you go again Madam, when you get a girl alone, that's all you think about. Authorized,
8: <laughs> madam. And
0: it's your age.
5: <laughs>
8: madam, please.
5: Never. <laughs>
0: I'd rather go to jail. Goodbye, you. You. You all authorize again You.
5: <laughs> no.
4: One of the most familiar melodies on the American scene, among my souvenirs, Meredith Wilson and his music.
8: let me get this straight, Mr. Burns. You want to take all the money out of your bank account and open one for your wife. Yes. Then those checks she
1: wrote were clear. That is, if you will lend me a hundred dollars to go with it.
8: Glad to lend you a hundred. How about
1: collateral? Why, Mr. Vandal, I've never, I've never needed collateral. I've gotten where I am today on my face.
8: I believe you. (laughs) (coughs) Shows considerable wear and tear. (laughs) Well. All I need is a hundred. I'll pay you back
1: right away. Why, a man like me can make a hundred in no time. I'm sorry, Mr. Burns.
4: Oh, Mr. Vanderlip.
1: Yes, Mr. Goodman. Oh, hello, Bill. Yes. Say, Bill, tell Mr.
4: Vanderlip how quick I can make a hundred. Oh, no time at all, Mr. Vanderlip. His next birthday ought to do it. <laughs> fine. Uh, Mr. Vanderlip, I'm about to make a withdrawal from my safe deposit box. May I have the usual three armed guards? Of course, Mr. Goodman. Sure you go. You must have a fortune in that box. Oh, I have. Could I, uh, could you lend me a little? Oh, sure, George. All you want. Uh, all right, guards, put the box down right here. <laughs> Boy, I'll open it. There. Uh, Now, George, how many pounds do you want? Pounds? Bill, what have you got in there? Maxwell House coffee, of course. (laughs) What do you think I'd keep in a safe deposit box? Junk like diamonds and money? Well, I made Maxwell House is rich, delicious, mellow. (laughs) The result of careful selection and blending of choice Latin American coffees, radiant roasted to perfection. More people buy and enjoy Maxwell House than any other brand of coffee in the world. But, Bill, what I need is money. George, what good is money? Can money buy happiness? No. Can money buy contentment? No. Can money buy a new car? No. 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 (laughs) (laughs) But it can keep Gracie
1: out of jail. Out of jail? Yeah. She wrote some bad checks, and unless I
4: deposit some money for her, she'll go to jail. So you can see why I need more than coffee. Oh, you're not kidding. You need donuts, too. (laughs) Huh? If Gracie goes to jail, you're going to starve. Bill, I don't need any donuts. Oh, you're right, George. Yes, Maxwell House is delicious all by itself. (laughs) Why, it's the very best in coffee drinking pleasure, yet it costs but a fraction of a penny more per cup than the cheapest coffee you can buy. That's why so many millions of Americans insist on Maxwell House. These days, they know today's coffee by is Maxwell House, the coffee that's always good to the last drop. Well, okay, if you don't want to lend me the money. I'll lend you the money. Here, help yourself. Take all you want. Gee, thanks, Bill. Now, Gracie won't have to go to jail.
1: Good. Hey, just to teach her not to sign her name to any more checks, I'll let her think she is going to jail. Well, George, that's cruel and inhuman. Well, it's just to scare her. After she's learned her lesson, I'll take her in my arms and give her a big kiss.
4: But, George, that's cruel and inhuman. (laughs) So long, comic. So long.
1: So that's it, Gracie. You've broken the law, and now you must pay the penalty. Pretty soon a detective will come
0: and get you. Oh, I hope it's Humphrey Bogart.
1: (laughs) I mean a real policeman. And then you'll have to go down and appear with the district attorney.
0: Wonderful. I've always wanted to be on that program.
1: (laughs) Gracie, you're not taking this seriously. There'll be a trial with the judge and the jury. And you on the witness stand. Do you realize what it means to be cross-examined?
0: Oh, sure. I cross my legs and the jury examines them.
1: (laughs) Gracie, stop joking about this. You know where you'll wind up? Tehachapi.
0: that? <laughs>
1: I didn't sneeze. I said Tehachapi. Tehachapi? Tehachapi. That's where women go who make mistakes.
0: Oh, I thought they went to Reno.
1: Gracie, Tehachapi is a woman's prison. And take it from me, that's where you're headed.
0: Are you serious, George? Am I really going to prison?
1: You bet. When you commit a crime, they send you up the river.
0: Oh, but it was such a small crime. Couldn't they just send me up the creek? (laughs) No. Well, How long will they keep me there, George?
1: About 30 years.
0: 30 years? My goodness, when I get out, I'll be in my 40s.
1: (laughs) Yeah, easily.
0: Well, you'll come see me on Visitor's Day, won't you?
1: Every Thursday.
0: Oh, well, I'll look forward to those moments. I'll put my hands through the bars and run my fingers through your hair. Yeah. Let it grow long and hide a file in it.
1: <laughs> Nothing doing. You'll stay there. And I hope it teaches you never to sign your name to another check as long as you live.
0: Oh, it will, George. 30 years in prison.
1: Yep. To aren't I?
0: Oh. <laughs> That's where I'm going. Hmm. Well, there are a few last things I want to do before they take me away. Wait here for me, sweetheart.
4: Okay. Poor kid.
1: I'm really teaching her a lesson.
5: Well,
0: I'm back, dear. All my errands are done.
1: Hey, what's in those packages?
0: Well, you said I was going to prison, and they wear nothing but stripes there. So I went to Magnus and got a lovely striped suit and striped dresses and striped bags.
1: Gracie, you didn't.
0: Well, sure, so I'd look my best. If I must go to prison, I don't want to disgrace you.
1: Gracie,
0: I'll be the belle of the cell.
1: <laughs> How did you pay for those things? With a check. But you promised you'd never sign your name to another check. You said you'd learned your lesson. I did learn my re-
0: lesson. This time I signed your name.
1: Oh, No. <laughs>
4: Join us again next week when we'll all be back. George Burns, Gracie Allen, Meredith Wilson and his orchestra, yours truly, Bill Goodwin. The George Burns and Gracie Allen Show is written by Paul Henning and Keith Fowler. Until next Thursday, good night and good luck from the makers of Maxwell House, America's number one preferred brand of coffee.
0: All was good to the last draft.
4: Well, Gracie, now you've
1: really done it. Signing my name was forgery. Is that bad? You're just heading one direction, kid. To Hatchapi. It's I knew that. Oh, no, Good night, Kisuntad.
5: everybody.
4: I <laughs> and now stay tuned in for Noah Webster Says, which follows immediately over most of these stations.
5: I like log cabin syrup for that old-time flavor. For log cabin syrup does your pancakes a favor. A delicate blend of maple and cane, served it once, you want it again and again. You bet you will. What a wonderful breakfast thrill is log cabin syrup in the morning.
11: Yes,
2: log cabin is America's most popular maple blended syrup. With sugar short, the supply is limited. But you'll never get it if you never ask for it.
5: Log cabin syrup in the morning. <laughs>
2: This is NBC, the National Broadcasting Company.
3: The makers of Campbell's Soup present... George Burns and Gracie Allen... Tony Martin and Ken Niles,
4: and Henry King in his music.
3: My sugar takes me with a grain of salt. George and Gracie will be with us. Meanwhile, this is Ken Nines. You know, I've been getting a lot of letters lately since I've been telling you about my extra special favorite, Campbell's Chicken Soup. I get many that read like this. What you say about Campbell's Chicken Soup is absolutely true. I'm through making chicken soup at home now that I can have just as good, if not better, soup by asking for Campbell's. True? Why, of course it is. And I know good chicken soup myself, so I can tell you why Campbell's has been the soup sensation of the year And why women are buying three times as much as they did a short while ago. Now this is why. It's that glorious, delicious chicken flavor. The through and through chicken richness. The golden glistening color. The snowy rice and delightful seasonings. And the pieces of tender chicken meat, too. Just like the best homemade chicken soup you ever tasted. That's why. And you can have it any time you wish simply by asking your grocer for Campbell's Chicken Soup. Why not do that tomorrow? And here are George Burns and Gracie (laughs) Allen.
9: Thank you.
1: Thank you very much. Well, Gracie, say hello to everybody. Yeah, hello, Tony. <laughs> hello, Tony. That's everybody? Well, everybody that
0: matters, if
3: you know what I mean. Yes, I think I know what you mean. Well, never mind saying hello to us, Gracie. I know you're very busy these days. Uh, by the way, have you got your Christmas shopping done?
0: My Christmas shopping can Oh, sure, it's all done except buying the presents.
3: Uh,
1: Gracie, why don't you buy your Christmas presents after Christmas? Well,
0: that's what I'm going to do. Uh, on account of you don't know what people need until the day after Christmas.
1: Mm. I know I'm heading for a headache.
0: Now, for instance, after I get a present from a girlfriend, I can tell what she needs. Mm. Now, if she gives me a handbag, yes. then I know she doesn't need a handbag. Because if she needed a handbag, then why did she give it to me?
1: That's a good idea. I
0: know. I made it up.
1: You ought to have it stuffed.
0: I'll have a stuff. what? The handbag? No, your head. Oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't get it.
1: You don't, huh? Henry! You look at my face and you do not know who she is? Henry, that was last week, remember?
9: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Can't step Henry. out of character.
0: Henry, what are you going to give the boys in your band for Christmas?
9: Oh, I don't know, Gracie. What do you suggest?
0: Music lessons. It's
9: not a bad idea. It's a good idea. Gracie, what are you going to give me for Christmas?
0: Well, George, did you see those star sapphire cufflinks out at the jewelers?
1: You mean the ones set in platinum? Mm-hmm. Yes.
0: Uh, do you think Tony Martin would like them?
1: You're giving Tony Martin star sapphire cufflinks? What about me? Oh, I think he'd he'd rather have
9: cufflinks. C- cufflinks? <laughs> Cup- you <laughs> mean cut glass?
1: <laughs> uh, you do, um.
11: <laughs> it's awfully sweet of you, Gracie. Yeah. But Alan Spade bought me some cufflinks for my
9: birthday. Ah, a
0: copycat.
3: Copycat. <laughs> uh, hello. Who? Oh, just a minute. Uh, great to a phone call for you, and the party says it's very important.
0: Oh, well, it's probably the sponsor.
3: Oh, the sponsor. I yeah. guess he
0: wants to know whether Tony Martin is through this week or next week. Hmm.
1: Never mind about Tony. Just answer the phone.
0: All right. Uh, uh, hello, Mr. Chicken Soup.
1: Mr. Chicken Soup?
0: Quiet, That's yours. a cute
1: first name. Uh, what's that? Sam Chicken Soup. It's who?
0: <laughs> now, you have to speak clearly. I don't recognize your voice. No. No, I don't remember meeting you.
1: No. No, no, you must have the
0: wrong party. No, Gracie, will you let
1: me answer the phone? Hello. Who? Just a minute, Gracie. It's your mother.
0: Oh. Oh, hello, Mother. I didn't know you were sponsoring this program.
1: If it's your mother, she's probably sponsoring a pad itself for your daddy. Now,
0: please, Judge. Mother can't hear what she's saying. She's lucky. What? No. No, that was George Burns, Mother. George Burns. (laughs) No, Burns. Burns. Look, Mother, if you light a match to the gas stove, what does it do? Oh, nothing? Oh, the gas is shut off?
1: Um, Oh. Gracie, Gracie, find out what she wants.
0: What, Mother? Oh, you're wrapping the Christmas presents. Oh, goody. What's that? Oh, oh, you want to know whether you should wrap them now or wait until you buy the presents?
1: Gracie, don't make a quick decision. That takes a lot of thought.
0: Oh, no for me, George. Hmm. Uh, what, Mother? Oh, you, you don't know whether to buy the presents now or wait until you get money?
1: That's an idea. I think she'd better wait a little bit. Well,
0: Mother, <laughs> uh, why don't you borrow the money till Daddy gets home? Hmm. What? Oh, nobody will loan you the money for 20 years.
9: <laughs> oh. Why don't you tell her to ask the warden, Gracie? Yeah,
0: well, goodbye. Oh, by the way, Mother, how's Unky today? He's still dead, huh? <laughs> Well, that's good. Goodbye.
1: Well, that was a nice hunk of dialogue. Now, where was I? Uh, you were in a jewelry store picking out cufflinks for Tony Martin that Alice Faye has already picked out. Oh,
0: that's right. Yeah. Uh, George, the next time I see Caruso, remind me to ask him if he likes to sing on this program. Hmm.
1: Tracy, Caruso is dead. Well, all right, then
0: you ask him. <laughs>
5: Look,
1: there's one thing I'd like to explain to you. Tony Martin doesn't feel like coming up here at night and making love after making love at the studio all day. Thanks, George. You're welcome. Uh, Now,
11: Gracie, this morning I spent the entire morning kissing Simone, Simone.
1: Oh, the poor kid. You must be
0: tired. Take me in your arms and tell me all about it, Tony. Yeah, he's
11: all in. Well,
1: I rehearsed the love scene with her 20 times.
0: Oh, what you need is a rest, Tony. Let me sit in your lap. Mm.
1: Tony, so Simone, Simone kissed you 20 times. Hmm, I'd like to do that. Well,
0: go ahead, George. I'll hold them for you, and then you can hold them for me. (laughs)
1: Uh, Tony, why don't you get Gracie into one of your pictures?
0: I'll bet I'd be a I'd be great as a heroine.
1: Yeah, because heroin is a dope. <laughs> oh, please.
5: Uh...
11: And after kissing Simone, Simone all afternoon, I did nothing but hug and kiss Janet Gaynor. Hmm.
1: You spent all morning making love to Simone, Simone, and all afternoon hugging and kissing Janet Gaynor? Yeah. Oh, just my luck to be on the night ship. Uh, Same time. (laughs)
11: Ending and the sun's descending in the west once
5: more. Night is falling,
11: I can hear love calling on the dear old sippy shore. Everybody knows that it's just a muddy river, but it seems like heaven on high. When the moon is shining bright, let me dream away the night Where the lazy river goes by Go away, let us be Just the river, you and me Everything is still all along the Mississippi Ain't no one as happy as I
5: Oh, I never want to
11: roam. Let me live and make my home where the lazy river goes by. Swing on out, Henry. Come on, get on those blacks and whites. Truck me on down. Yes, yes, yes. Just a muddy river, but it seems like heaven on high. When the moon is shining bright, let me dream away the night where the lazy river goes by. Get you away, let us be just the river, you and me. Everything is still all along the Mississippi ain't no one' as happy as I oh I never want to roam let me live and make my home where the lazy river
5: goes by
11: where the lazy lazy
1: Century Fox singing Where the lazy river goes by From the picture With a banjo on my knee Tony, you were swell Thanks, Judith. Well, Gracie How did you like Tony Martin? Oh, I think he's beautiful Yeah, he's pretty um... You know, Gracie uh, What uh, what do you want Santa Claus To give you for Christmas? Would a stocking hold all you want?
0: Well, no But a pair of Tony Martin socks would
1: I say, I say Well, that's, if he's got a pair of socks yeah. Well,
0: now just think Two more days And it'll be December 25th Yeah And a week later New Year's Eve Yeah Seven weeks from then, Washington's birthday. Mm. Five months after that, Fourth of July. Mm. Well, well, well. Half of next year gone already, and it isn't even Christmas yet. Mm. Time certainly flies, don't you think so? Yes,
1: I think so. Gracie, you forgot April Fool.
0: I'm coming to you, Judge.
9: <laughs> Thank you.
0: Thank you. As some people like Christmas, but personally, I like Labor Day much better than Easter on account of the Christmas trees. Mm.
9: You, uh, you have Christmas
1: trees on Labor Day? hmm Then what will you have on Christmas?
0: Well, I'll take the same as you do, George. Only more ginger ale in mine.
1: I don't know what you're doing for Christmas, but I'm having a poor family for dinner. Well,
0: that's nice. We're having turkey.
1: Well, that's kind of different. Same with stuffing. Yes. Yeah. There's a lot of turkey stuff, guys. You know... Take it, it easy. Just give it
5: a Just speak right
1: up. <laughs> <laughs> that
0: girl, Gracie. Oh, George, let me talk. Yes. If it weren't for one thing, I could sit under the mistletoe and kiss Tony Martin to my
11: heart's content.
1: And what's the one thing? Well,
11: who wants to spend a dime for mistletoe?
5: Hmm.
11: <laughs> well, Tony, Gracie's got a mat on. Gracie, let's cut that out. I don't want to start talking about kissing the minute I get down to work.
0: Well, that's what I say. Let's cut out the talking, and get down to work.
1: In the first place, kissing is unhealthy. Isn't that right, Henry? I don't know. You don't
9: know? You've never been kissed? I've never been sick. Is that so? <laughs> well, you certainly threw me, because she look bad.
0: <laughs> Tony Martin, I'm going to teach you a lesson.
9: You mean you're
11: going to fire me off this program?
0: Oh, worse than that, I'm going to make you act in my Christmas play. And I'm going to do it sometime pretty soon right now.
1: Are you going to do a Christmas play sometime pretty soon, right now? Yeah, hey, almost quicker than immediately. Well, let's not act hastily. Oh. Well,
3: well, I think that's time to be swell, Gracie. Is it another historical play?
1: No, Ken,
0: it's a sort of a kind of a special Christmas play I wrote called uh, Dickens' Christmas Carol.
3: Oh. I must be wrong. I thought Dickens' Christmas Carol was written by Dickens.
0: <laughs> that's what he thought, too. <laughs> that's
3: what who thought
0: Dickens? No, Carol, Christmas Carol. Well, yeah,
1: I know him very well. A tall fellow with him? a face, he's
0: a... Well, don't be silly, George. Christmas Carol isn't a him. It's a her. A her? Old Carol's sister. Old oh, oh, Carol's sister, yes.
1: Very cute, too. Gracie, who's who in the screwy play of yours?
0: You, hey, George, you're playing the part of Scrooge, the stingy old
9: miser.
1: Well, I don't think I'll be able to read the script because miser saw. Oh, <laughs> please,
9: I knew it was bad. I didn't like it. Oh, that's all. Thank Thank you. All right, so I'm Scrooge. Yeah, but we'll call you Scroogey-Poogey. Scroogey-Poogey.
3: Thanks.
0: And boys. Yep. Boys, you play the three ghosts. The three ghosts? Uh hmm
3: Oh, I know. Because it. this is a ghost-to-ghost program, huh? <laughs> oh,
0: that's right, the... Ken. The Pacific Ghost, the Atlantic Ghost, and it just
1: goes to show you. <laughs> and we all act in this play, huh? Mm-hmm. Oh, I know
11: the play, Gracie. We're the three ghosts that come to haunt Scrooge.
1: Right, Tony. Ken. Yep.
0: You're the ghost of the past. Henry? Yep. You're the ghost of the present. And Tony? Yes? Yeah, oh, no, wait a minute. Oh, Tony, you can't be the ghost of the future. Why not? Well, because the way you've been behaving, I'm afraid you haven't got a future on this program. Oh, no, uh, <laughs> Do you follow me, Tony?
1: Yes, I follow you, Grace.
0: Well, you better stop following me. I'll say I'll get awfully angry. Mm.
1: All right, Gracie, and what part do you play? I'm Mrs. Fezziwig. Mrs. Fezziwig? Yes is Mrs. Fezziwig.
0: Well, she's the wife of Mr. Fezziwig and the mother of all their fuzzy little toupees.
1: <laughs> fuzzy little toupees. Hair, hey,
0: hair. Hey. And, um, and what do you do in this play? Well, as long as the boy's are ghost, I have to be the ghostess.
9: Ghostess? You mean you're a lady ghost?
0: No, a dance hall ghostess.
9: Henry, the music. Henry
11: King. I love you, were meant to be in a song, a phrase to be rhymed with above you. But I knew I was wrong when you came along. Oh, where, where have you been all my life? Now that I find you, my life
5: will be so different.
3: I'm to talk on my favorite subject Campbell's chicken soup and if you could see the way Campbell's make it you'd know why it's so extra delicious just like the finest homemade chicken soup you ever tasted now Campbell's use all the good tender meat of plump chickens the kind of chickens you'd select for your own table and they simmer the broth slowly until it's outstandingly delicious with chicken goodness outstandingly delicious flavor that's what has made Campbell's chicken soup such a great favorite in so short a time so much so that women everywhere are buying three times more than they did a short while ago and the minute you taste it, I know you're going to be captivated, too. If you want to make an extra special hit for the family, just place before them Campbell's Chicken Soup. Don't put it off. Why not ask your grocer for it tomorrow? And now, for Gracie Allen's masterpiece, Dickens' Christmas Carol. Conceived, written, directed, produced, released, presented, and sponsored by Gracie Allen. Yeah, and
0: I'm pretty, too. Uh, quiet, quiet. Now, remember, George, you're food's the miser. Yes. All your life, you've hoarded jokes. And on Christmas Eve, the ghosts of the past, present, and future of radio come back to haunt you. I see. They're still haunting for their jokes. Yes. Ah, yeah. I'm yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. sorry. And I'm Mrs. Fuzzywig, the widow lady. Mm. And when the sea opens, you're at home in the attic, and I'm trying to get you to donate some
1: jokes to the starving masters of ceremony. Well, this is going to be a nice play. Yes. Yeah.
0: Ken the cat. All
1: right.
3: <laughs> Ebenezer Scrooge, the mean old miser of the airways, George Burns. Mrs. Loudspeaker Fezziwig, the nitwit of the network, Gracie Allen. The Ghost of the Past. Oh! Something he ate, I guess. Ken Niles. The Ghost of the Present. Tony Martin. The Ghost of the Future. Henry King. Time, Midnight, Christmas Eve. Curtain.
0: Are you ready, Ghost? Yes. Music.
11: Mm-hmm. A haunting wheel will go. A haunting wheel will go. A haunting wheel will go. We will go ahead,
1: ha. <laughs> <laughs> so this is Christmas Eve. Bah. And everybody is happy.
5: Bah. I am not
1: happy. They call me Ebenezer Scrooge, the Joke Miser. What fools people are to be happy on Christmas Eve. Ha, 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 ha. I sure feel sorry for all the poor masters of ceremonies on a cold night like this without a joke on their backs.
0: Rhodes, Rhodes, let me in. Let me in. This is Mrs. Fentywig.
1: Hmm. Come in and close the door. Close the door. It's chilly outside. Well,
0: Scroogey Poogey, if I close the door, will it make it warmer outside?
1: Hmm. It's a nasty snowstorm outside. I'm chilled to the bone. Well,
0: it serves you right for going without a hat. <laughs>
1: That's very funny, Mrs. Fezziwig. I'll put that away with the rest of my jokes. Jokes. Jokes.
5: Jokes.
1: <laughs> Shades of Al Jolson, Mrs. Fezziwig. Do you see this ghostly figure wrapped in a sheet? Oh, yes, good. It's either Mahatma Gandhi or a man
0: without Mahatma coat and my vest.
1: Quiet. Speak, ghostly guest. Who are
3: you? What brings you here? Who am I? Where I play, folks pack in. Do hear my wife cracking on radio? I won renown. There's no use in guessing my name. I'm confessing. Who? The mayor of Mexico.
5: Well,
3: what brought you here? I've come to haunt you, Scrooge, for stealing my
1: jokes. You know. You know. I don't believe you're ready, Tanda. All I can see is an empty sheet.
0: Yeah, Eddie. Where did you park your carcass?
1: <laughs> don't haunt me, Eddie. I'm Ebenezer
3: Stroh.
1: <laughs> oh, Eddie, Eddie. I'm an old man. Look at me. I'm all
9: bent over.
3: Yeah, from lifting everybody's joke. Oh, that's Ted Lewis.
9: <laughs> hush,
5: hush. <laughs>
3: You've stolen my best joke. I've got a goat in my house who hasn't got a nose. <laughs> Sleepy Hollow.
5: <laughs> and uh, who
11: are you? Hello again. Hmm. I'm the ghost of Jack Benny.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like the goat of Jack Benny. You don't look like Jack Benny.
0: Well, George, if you were dead as long as Tony Martin, you wouldn't look like Jack
1: Benny either, you know what I mean. Yeah, I think I know what you mean. Eddie Cantor. Well, Eddie, what
11: are you doing all dressed up in a sheet?
3: Well, it's like this, Jack. This sheet has cut down the high cost of living. By wearing a sheet, I don't have to buy a suit, a collar, or a necktie. When I come home at night in a sheet, I'm ready for bed. When I wake up in the morning, I'm all ready in a sheet. And instead of expensive cleaning and pressing bills, I can have my sheet washed for 22 cents a pound. Ha. And don't I have to look for a collar button? No, no. Ha-ha. You get it, Jimmy? This <laughs> <laughs> silly cat, isn't
11: it?
0: That was wonderful, Ken. You ought to be able to give an imitation of O Marx. Oh, well, but
3: Gracie, O Marks can't talk. <laughs> I know. Mm. <laughs> Gracie, what's any Catter got that I haven't got?
0: With five daughters.
11: Mm. Well, Buck Benny, what do you want? Scrooge, I'm here to haunt you. You stole my joke, a joke that I originated, a joke that made me famous. We've got a goat at our house without a nose. How does it smell?
1: Terrible, Jack. I used it on my program, too. Quick, Mrs. Fezziwig, the pencil, it sounds like a new one. Joke.
9: Jokes, jokes, jokes. Ha, ha, ha.
5: Well, sort of a tacit. Well,
9: who are you? Good evening, folks. Welcome to Town Hall tonight.
5: Mr. Allen. Mr. Allen. Well.
9: You can knock me down with an elephant, as the man in the kosher butcher's shop used to say. (laughs) I hope to kiss a pig if it isn't Portland Fezziwig. Nice work, Henry. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of surprised myself. I must be a mimic.
5: What?
9: You must be a mimic.
0: You're a mimic? Hmm. Uh, you mean you haven't any red
5: corpuscles? <laughs>
9: well, Freddie Allen, have you come to haunt me about the goat at your house that hasn't got a nose? No, not only am I a comedian, I'm a clever writer. I've switched that joke. We've got a nose at our house that hasn't got a goat. Some twist. A nose that's a nose without a goat? <laughs> Well, maybe it's Jimmy Durandy. Jimmy Durandy, the nose miser. <laughs> oh, wait. We've got a
0: ghost that's got a nose, but we've got a house that hasn't got a yard.
1: Well, if you've got a house that hasn't got a yard, how does the goat play?
0: Like Henry King.
1: The pencil. <laughs> jokes, jokes, jokes. What's that? <laughs>
0: the ghost of Major Bowes Gong. Hmm
1: didn't have a very good ring. Well, your
0: miser, what do you want for nothing? The Westminster chime.
1: Oh, that's a very good joke, Mrs. Fezziwig, for this chime of the year.
0: Oh, oh careful, Scrooge. Giving away those jokes, they'll be calling you Good Chime Charlie. Good Chime
9: Charlie? <laughs> that's a beauty. <laughs>
11: Scrooge, before I can... Before I go, you yes. can do me a few favors. Yes, Jagbenny. Benny. What favors would you like? Strawberry, raspberry, orange, lemon, lime.
0: And Campbell's chicken soup. Thanks, (laughs) Gracie. (laughs) You're welcome.
11: Well, goodbye, Jack Benny. Mm, Goodbye, and a Merry
1: Christmas to you.
0: Goodbye, and a Merry Livingston to you, too. Mm.
1: Well, Eddie Cantor, I've got every joke you ever used. I'm living on the fat of the land. The fat of the land? Well, you must have Jack Renard, too. I've got him.
3: Well, I can't expect a joke from a miser like you, but I thought you might at least give me a little pun. (laughs) Goodbye.
0: Oh, isn't that cute, George? Eddie Cantor's got five daughters, and now he's looking for a little pun.
9: Jokes, jokes. Well, Freddie Allen, aren't you going back to town hall? No, I'm going nuts. Well, you're lucky,
0: Fred. Everyone else has a long trip ahead of them. Mm. Goodbye,
9: Freddie. Goodbye.
5: Tally-ho! Tally-ho! Henry,
9: the music.
1: Now, Gracie will sing I Love You from Coast to Coast. Sing it, Gracie. I
12: Love You has been said in so many ways, it's hard to find something new. Still, I tried and I managed to coin a praise in praise of you. It's my ambition to audition for a swell radio post. Just to tell you, I love you from coast to coast. It's not the money, in the honey, that I keep thinking of most. It's the chance to romance you from coast to coast. Sometimes I start to pour out my heart in writing, but through a mic, the words sound more exciting. So if I get work on the network, honey, I'll sing you a toast. When I broadcast, i love you. I don't mean high fit. I don't mean Armstrong. I don't mean Henry. I mean some close to the <pause> The
3: makers of those fine cameras, too invite you to listen in and laugh with George Burns and Gracie Allen again next one. Meanwhile, remember that you can have the finest chicken soup you ever tasted simply by asking for Campbell's Chicken Soup. You'll find it to be the delicious, nourishing, old-fashioned kind.
5: This
3: is the Columbia Broadcasting
11: System. Your station is KHJ Don Lee Los Angeles. Time signal courtesy Schaefer Pen and Pencil Company. Settle that perplexing Christmas gift problem with a genuine Schaefer Dry proof fountain pen desk set.
3: Makers of Campbell Soup
5: presents
9: George Burns and Gracie Allen, Tony Martin and Ken Niles, and Henry King in his music. My
3: sugar takes me with a grain of salt. and Grace will be with Meanwhile, this is ten nine. You know, I've been getting a lot of letters lately since I've been telling you about my extra special favorite, Campbell's Chicken Soup. I get many that read like this. What you say about Campbell's Chicken Soup is absolutely true. I'm through making chicken soup at home now that I can have just as good, if not better, soup by asking for Campbell's. True? Why, of course it is. And I know good chicken soup myself, so I can tell you why Campbell's has been the soup sensation of the year and why women are buying three times as much as they did a short while ago. Now, this is why. It's that glorious, delicious chicken flavor, the through and through chicken richness, the golden glistening color, the snowy rice and delightful seasonings, and the pieces of tender chicken meat, too. Just like the best homemade chicken soup you ever tasted. That's why. And you can have it any time you wish simply by asking your grocer for Campbell's chicken soup. Why not do that tomorrow? And here are
9: George Burns and Gracie Allen. Thank you very much. Well, Gracie, say hello to everybody. Yeah, hello, Tony.
1: (laughs) Hello,
0: Tony. That's everybody? Well, everybody that matters, if you know what I mean.
3: Yes, I think I know what you mean. Well, never mind saying hello to us, Gracie. I know you're very busy these days. Uh, By the way, have you got your
9: Christmas shopping done?
0: My Christmas shopping can Oh, sure, it's all done except buying the presents. Uh,
9: Gracie, why don't you buy your Christmas presents after Christmas? Well, that's
0: what I'm going to do. On account of you don't know what people need until the day after Christmas.
3: (laughs)
1: I know I'm heading for a headache.
0: Now, for instance, after I get a present from a girlfriend, I can tell what she needs. Mm. Now, if she gives me a handbag, yes. then I know she doesn't need a handbag. Because if she needed a handbag, then why did she give it to me?
9: That's a good idea. I
0: know. I made it up.
1: You ought to have it
0: stuffed. I ought to have it stuffed what? The handbag? No, your head. Oh. <laughs> uh. Uh. I don't get it. Uh.
9: You don't, uh... Henry! Henry! You look at my face and you do not know who she is? Henry, that was last week, remember? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Can't Say, step Henry. out of character.
0: Henry, what are you going to give the boys in your band for Christmas?
9: Oh, I don't know, Gracie. What do you suggest?
0: Music lessons. It's
9: not a bad idea. It's a good idea. Gracie, what are you going to give me for Christmas?
0: Well, George, did you see those star sapphire cufflinks down at the jewelry? You mean the ones set in
9: platinum?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Uh, do you think Tony Martin would like them? <laughs>
1: You're giving Tony Martin Starr sapphire cufflinks? What about me? Oh, I think he did He'd rather have cufflinks. Cutlinks? Cutlass. You mean cut, C- cut glass. <laughs> <Cup You're in laughs> <cut> <laughs> you do, um.
11: huh? <laughs> it's awfully sweet of you, Gracie. Yeah. But Alan Spay bought me some cufflinks for my birth. Ah,
0: copycat.
3: Copycat. <laughs> uh, hello. Who? Oh, just a minute. Uh, Gracie, a phone call for you, and the party says it's very important.
0: Oh, well, it's probably the sponsor.
3: Oh, the sponsor. I yeah. guess
0: he wants to know whether Tony Martin is through this week or next week. Mm.
1: Never mind about Tony. Just answer the phone.
0: All right. Uh, uh Hello, Mr. Chicken Soup. Mr. Chicken Soup? Yeah, quiet, That's George. That's a cute first
1: name. Eh?
0: Uh, what's that? Sam Chicken Soup. It's who?
5: <laughs>
0: now, you have to speak clearly. I don't recognize your voice. No. Now, I don't remember meeting you. No. Now, now, you must have the wrong party. Now, now. will you let
1: me answer the phone? Hello. Oh, just a minute, Gracie, it's your mother
0: Oh, Oh, hello, Mother I didn't know you were sponsoring this program
1: If it's your mother, she's probably sponsoring a padded cell for your daddy Now, please,
0: Judge, Mother can't hear what she's saying She's lucky What? No, no, that was George Burns, Mother George Burns No, Burns, Burns Look, Mother, if you light a match to the gas stove, what does it do? Oh nothing. Oh, the gas is shut off. Um, Oh, Gracie, Gracie,
5: find
9: out what she wants.
0: What mother? Oh, you're wrapping the Christmas presents, Oh, goody. What's that? Oh, oh, you want to know whether you should wrap them now or wait until you buy the presents?
1: (laughs) Gracie, don't make a quick decision. That takes a lot of thought.
0: Well, not for me, George. What mother? Oh, you, you don't know whether to buy the presents now or wait until you get money?
1: That's an idea. I think she'd better wait a little bit.
0: Well, Mother, <laughs> oh, why don't you borrow the money till Daddy gets home? What? Oh, nobody will loan you the money for 20 years.
1: <laughs> oh. Why don't you tell her to ask the warden,
0: Gracie? Yeah, well, goodbye. Oh, by the way, Mother, how's Unky today? He's still dead, huh? <laughs> well, that's good. Goodbye.
1: Well, that was a nice hunk of dialogue. Now, where was I? Uh, you were in a jewelry store picking out cufflinks for Tony Martin that Alice Faye has already picked out. Oh, that's
0: right. Yes. Uh, George, the next time I see Caruso, remind me to ask him if he likes to sing on this
1: program. Hmm. say Caruso is dead.
0: Well, oh, all right, then you ask him.
1: <laughs> Look, there's one thing I'd like to explain to you. Tony Martin doesn't feel like coming up here at night and making love after making love at the studio all day.
11: Thanks, George. You're welcome. Uh, Now, Gracie, this morning I spent the entire morning kissing Simone, Simone.
0: Oh, the poor kid. You must be tired. Take me in your arms and tell me all about it, Tony. Yeah, he's
11: all in. Well, I rehearsed a love scene with her 20 times.
0: Oh, what you need is a rest, Tony. Let me sit in your lap. Mm.
1: Tony, so Simone, Simone kissed you 20 times. Hmm, I'd like to do that. Well,
0: go ahead, George. I'll hold them for you, and then you can hold them for me. (laughs) Uh, Tony,
1: why don't you get Gracie into one of your pictures?
0: I'll bet I'd be a, I'd be great as a heroine. Mm,
1: yeah, because heroin is a dope.
5: <laughs> oh please, yes.
1: and after kissing Simone, Simone
11: all afternoon, I did nothing but hug and kiss Janet Gaynor.
1: Hmm. You spent all morning making love to Simone, Simone, and all afternoon hugging and kissing Janet Gaynor. Yeah. Oh, just my luck to be on the night shift. Uh, same time. <laughs>
11: Day is ending and the sun's descending in the west once more. Night is falling like an hear love calling on the dear old Sippy shore. Everybody
5: knows
11: that it's just a muddy river, but it seems like heaven on high. When the moon is shining bright, let me dream away the night Where the lazy river goes by Go away, let us be Just the river, you and me Everything is still all along the Mississippi Ain't no one as happy as I Oh, I never want to roam Let me live and make my home Where the lazy river goes by Swing on out,
5: Henry
11: Come on, get on those blacks and whites Shut me on down Yes, is. Everybody
5: knows
11: But it's just a muddy river But it seems like heaven on high When the moon is shining bright Let me dream away the night Where the lazy river goes by Get you away Let us be Just the river You and me Everything is still All along the Mississippi, ain't no one as happy as I. Oh, I never want to roam, let me live and make my home. Where the lazy river goes by, where the lazy, lazy river goes.
9: Fox singing, where the lazy river goes by from the picture with a banjo on my knee. Tony, you're swell. Thanks, George. Well, Gracie, how did you like Tony Martin? Oh, I think he's beautiful. Yeah, he's pretty. um... You know, Gracie, uh, what uh,
1: what do you want Santa Claus to give you for Christmas? Would a stocking hold all you want? Well, no,
0: but a pair of Tony Martin socks would. I
1: say, I say. Well, if he's got a pair of socks. Well,
0: now, just think. Two more days and it'll be December 25th. Yeah. And a week later, New Year's Eve. Yeah. Seven weeks from then Washington's birthday. Mm. Five months after that, Fourth of July. Well, oh, well, well. Half of next year gone already, and it isn't even Christmas yet. Mm. <laughs> Time certainly flies, don't you think so? Yes, I
1: think so. Gracie, you
9: forgot April
1: Fool. I'm coming to you, Judge.
9: <laughs> Thank you.
0: Thank you. As some people like Christmas, but personally, I like Labor Day much better than Easter on account of the Christmas trees. Mm.
9: You uh, you have Christmas trees on Labor Day? hmm Then what will you have on Christmas? Well,
0: I'll take the same as you do, George. Only more ginger ale in mine.
9: I don't know what you're doing for Christmas, but I'm having a poor family for dinner.
0: Well, that's nice. We're having turkey.
9: Well, that's kind of different. Sinking with stuffing. Yes. Yeah. A lot of stuff. You know...
5: Take
9: it easy. Just
1: give it a Just speak right up. And <laughs> a girl, Gracie. Oh, George, let
0: me talk. Yes. If it weren't for one thing, I could sit under the mistletoe and kiss Tony Martin to my heart's content. And what's the one thing? Well, oh, who wants to spend a dime for mistletoe?
11: Hmm. Well, Tony, Gracie's got a mat on. Gracie, let's cut that out. I don't want to start talking about kissing the minute I get down to work.
0: Well, that's what I say. Let's cut off the talk and get down to work.
9: In the first place, kissing is unhealthy. Isn't that right, Henry? I don't know. You don't know? You've never been kissed? I've never been sick. Is that so? <laughs> Will you set me through me,
0: because she look bad. <laughs> Tony Martin, I'm going to teach you a lesson. You mean
11: you're going to fire me off this program?
0: Oh, worse than that, I'm going to make you act in my Christmas play. And I'm going to do it sometime pretty soon right now.
1: you going to do a Christmas play sometime pretty soon, right now? Yeah, almost quicker than immediately.
3: Well, let's not
1: act hastily.
3: (laughs) Well, Well, I think that's going to be swell, Gracie. Is it another historical play?
0: No, Ken, it's a sort of a kind of a special Christmas play I wrote called uh, Dickens' Christmas Carol.
3: I must be wrong. I thought Dickens' Christmas Carol was written by Dickens.
0: (laughs) That's what he thought, too.
1: (laughs) That's what who thought, Dickens? No, Carol, Christmas Carol. Well, I know him very well. A tall fellow with a face, he's
0: a... Oh, don't be silly, George. Christmas carol isn't a him. It's a heart. A horror. Well, Carol's sister. Oh, old Carol's sister, yes.
1: Very cute, too. Gracie, who's who in the screwy play of yours? You,
0: hey, George, you're playing the part of Scrooge. The stingy old miser.
1: Well,
9: I don't think I'll be able to read the script because miser saw. sore. come I knew it was bad. I oh, didn't like it. Oh, I
0: Alright, so I'm Scrooge. Yeah, but we'll call you Scroogey Poogey. Scroogey Poogey. Thanks. And boys. Yep. Boys, you play The Three Ghosts.
9: The Three Ghosts, huh?
3: Mm-hmm. Oh, I know. You, you know, are. this is a ghost-to-ghost program,
0: huh? <laughs> oh, that's Same right, that. Ken. The Pacific Ghost, the Atlantic Ghost, and it just ghosts to show you.
11: And we all act in this
0: play, huh? Mm-hmm.
11: Oh, I know the play, Gracie. We're the three ghosts that come to haunt Scrooge.
0: Right, Tony. Ken. Yep. You're the ghost of the past. Henry? Yep. You're the ghost of the present. And Tony? Yes? Yeah, oh no, wait a minute. Oh Tony, you can't be the ghost of the future. Why not? Well, because of the way you've been behaving, I'm afraid you haven't got a future on this program. Oh, sir. Mm-hmm. Do you follow me, Tony?
11: Yes, I follow
9: you, Grace.
0: Well, you better stop following me, Alice. They'll get awfully angry.
9: Mm. All right, Gracie, and what part do you play? I'm Mrs. Fezziwig. Mrs. Fezziwig? Yes. Who is Mrs. Fezziwig? Well,
0: she's the wife of Mr. Fezziwig and the mother of all their fuzzy little toupees. <laughs>
11: Fuzzy little toupees, hair, hair,
0: And, um, and what do you do in this play? Well, as long as the boy's a ghost, I have to be the ghostess. Ghostess? You mean you're a lady ghost? No, dad's all ghostess.
11: Henry, the music.
9: Henry King.
11: Words like I love you were meant to be in a song, of praise to be rhymed with above you. But I knew I was wrong when you came along. the where, where have you been all my life? Now that I find you, my life will be so divine. Now that you.
3: Glad to talk on my favorite subject, Campbell's Chicken Soup. And if you can see the way Campbell's make it, you'd know why it's so extra delicious, just like the finest homemade chicken soup you ever tasted. Now, Campbell's use all the good tender meat of plump chickens, the kind of chickens you'd select for your own table. And they simmer the broth slowly until it's outstandingly delicious with chicken goodness. Outstandingly delicious flavor. That's what has made Campbell's Chicken Soup such a great favorite in so short a time. So much so that women everywhere are buying three times more than they did a short while ago. And the minute you taste it, I know you're going to be captivated, too. If you want to make an extra special hit for the family, just place before them Campbell's Chicken Soup. Don't put it on. Why not ask your grocer for it tomorrow? And now, for Gracie Allen's masterpiece, Dickens' Christmas Carol. Conceived, written, directed, produced, released, presented, and sponsored by Gracie Allen.
0: Yeah, and I'm pretty, too.
3: They're quiet, quiet.
0: Now, remember, George, you're screwed miser. Yes. All your life, you've hoarded jokes. And on Christmas Eve, the ghosts of the past, present, and future of radio come back to haunt you. I
1: see. They're still haunting for their jokes.
0: Yes. I am. I'm sorry. And I'm Mrs. Fuzzywig, the widow lady. Mm. And when the scene opens, you're at home in the attic, and I'm trying to get you to donate some jokes to the starving masters
3: of ceremony. Well, this is going to be a nice play. Yes. Yeah.
0: Ken cat.
3: All right. <laughs> Ebenezer Scrooge, the mean old miser at the airways, George Burns. Mrs. Loudspeaker Fezziwig, the nitwit of the network, Gracie Allen. The ghost of the past.
5: Oh!
3: <laughs> Something he ate, I guess. Ken Niles. The ghost of the present. Tony Martin. The ghost of the future. Henry King. Time, midnight, Christmas Eve. Curtain.
0: Are you ready, ghost? Yes. Music.
11: A haunting we will go. A haunting we will go. A haunting we will
0: go. Wheel will go
1: ahead, <laughs> So this is Christmas Eve. And everybody is happy. I am not happy. They call me Ebenezer Scrooge, the joke miser. What fools people are to be happy on Christmas Eve. <laughs> I sure feel sorry for all the four masters of ceremonies on a cold night like this without a joke on their backs. Rose!
5: Rose, let me in! Let me in! This is
0: Mrs. Fentywig.
1: Hmm. Come in and close the door. Close the door. It's chilly outside.
0: Well, scroogey Poochie, if I close the door, will it make it warmer
1: outside? Mm. It's a nasty snowstorm outside. I'm chilled to the bone. Well,
9: it serves you right for going without a hat. (laughs) That's very funny, Mrs. Fezziwig. I'll put
1: that away with the rest of my jokes. 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 (laughs) Shades of Al Jolson, Mrs. Fezziwig. Do you see this ghostly figure wrapped in a sheet? Oh yes, good.
0: It's even the Gandhi or a man without the in the vest.
1: Why,
3: speak ghostly guest? Who are you? What brings you here? Who am I? Where I play, folks pack in to hear my wife cracking on radio. I won renown. Right There's no use in guessing. My name I'm confessing. Ooh. Who? The mayor of City. <laughs> well, what brought you here? I've come to haunt you, Scrooge, for stealing my jokes, you know? You know? Mm. I don't believe you're ready, canter.
1: All I can see is an empty sheet. Yeah, Eddie. Where did you
0: park your carcass?
12: <laughs> don't haunt
1: me, Eddie. I'm Ebenezer Scrooge. Oh, Eddie, Eddie, I'm an old man. Look at me. I'm
3: all bent over. Yeah, from lifting everybody's joke. Oh, that's Ted Lewis?
5: (laughs) Hush, hush.
3: (laughs) You've stolen my best joke. I've got a goat in my house who hasn't got a nose. (laughs) Sleepy Hollow.
5: (laughs) And uh,
11: who are you? Hello again. Mm. I'm the ghost of Jack Benny.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Sounds like the goat of Jack
5: Benny.
1: You don't look like Jack Benny.
0: Well, George, if you were dead as long as Tony Martin, you wouldn't look like Jack Benny either,
3: you know what I mean. Yeah, I think I know what you mean. Eddie Cannon.
1: Well, Eddie, what are you doing
3: all dressed up in a sheet? Well, it's like this, Jack. This sheet has ca- cut down the high cost of living. By wearing a sheet, I don't have to buy a suit, a collar, or a necktie. When I come home at night in a sheet, I'm ready for bed. When I wake up in the morning, I'm all ready in a sheet. And instead of expensive cleaning and pressing bills, I can have my sheet washed for twenty-two cents a pound. Ha! <laughs> and don't I have to look for a collar button? No, no. <laughs> you get it, Jimmy? <laughs> <silicone>,
5: isn't
9: silly, can't it? <laughs>
0: Oh, that was wonderful, Ken. You ought to be able to give an imitation of Hopple Marks. Well, oh, Gracie,
3: Hopo Marks can't talk.
0: Mm, I know. Mm. <laughs> well,
3: Gracie, what's any Cantor got that I haven't got?
0: Five daughters.
3: Mm. Well, Buck Benny,
11: what do you want? Scrooge, I'm here to haunt you. You stole my joke, a joke that I originated, a joke that made me famous. We've got a goat at our house without a nose. How does it smell?
3: Terrible, Jack. I use it on
9: my program, too. Quick, Mrs. Fezziwig, the pencil, it sounds like a new one. Jokes, 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 jokes. <laughs> ha ha ha. Well, sort of a tacit. Well, <laughs> so, who are you? Good evening, folks. Welcome to Town Hall tonight.
0: Mister Allen, Mister
12: Allen.
9: Well, you can knock me down with an elephant, as the man in the kosher butcher shop used to say. <laughs> I hope to kiss a pig if it isn't Portland Fezziwig. Nice work, Henry. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of surprised myself. I must be a mimic. What? You must be a mimic.
0: You're a mimic? Mm. Uh, you mean you haven't any red corpuscles?
9: <laughs> uh, well, Freddie Allen, have you come to haunt me about the goat at your house that hasn't got a nose? No, not only am I a comedian, I'm a clever writer. I'd switch that joke. We've got a nose at our house that hasn't got a goat. Some twist. A nose that a nose without a goat? Well, maybe it's Jimmy Durandy. Jimmy Durandy the nose miser.
0: <laughs> oh, wait. We've got a goat that's got a nose. But we've got a house that hasn't got a yard.
1: Well, if you've got a house that hasn't got a yard, how does the goat play? Like Henry King. The pencil. <laughs> jokes, jokes, jokes.
0: What's that? <laughs> the ghost of Major Bo's gong.
1: Mm. Well, it didn't have a very good ring. Well, you
0: mind? What do you want for nothing? The Westminster chime.
1: Oh, that's a very good joke, Mrs. Fezziwig, for this Chime of the Year.
0: Oh, careful, Scrooge. Giving away those jokes, they'll be calling you Good Chime Charlie. Good Chime Charlie? <laughs> that's a beauty. <laughs> Scrooge, before I can...
11: Before I go, you yes. can do me a few favors.
9: Yes, Jack Benny. What favors would you like? Strawberry, raspberry, orange, lemon, lime. And Campbell's chicken soup. Thanks, <laughs> You're welcome. Well, goodbye, Jack Benny. Mm,
1: goodbye, and a Merry Christmas to you.
0: Goodbye, and a Merry Livingston to you, too.
1: Well, Eddie Candor, I've got every joke you ever used. I'm living on the fat of the land.
0: The fat of the land? Well, you must have Jack Renard, too. I've got him.
3: Well, I can't expect a joke from a miser like you, but I thought you might at least give me a little pun. <laughs> Goodbye.
0: Always nice you, George. Eddie Cant has got five daughters, now he's looking for a little pun. <laughs> jokes,
9: jokes. Well, Freddie Allen, aren't you going back to town hall? No, I'm going
0: nuts. Well, you're lucky, Fred. Uh, everyone else has a long trip ahead of them. Mm.
9: Goodbye, Freddie. Goodbye.
0: Tally how?
12: Callie,
9: Henry, the
1: music. Now Gracie will sing I Love You from Coast to Coast. Sing it, Gracie. Oh, I love you has been
12: said in so many ways. It's hard to find something new. Till I tried and I managed to call in phrase praise. In praise of you. It's my ambition to audition for a swell radio post Just to tell you I love you from coast to coast It's not the money in it, honey, that I keep thinking of most It's the chance to romance you from coast to coast Sometimes I start to pour out my heart in
5: writing
12: But through a mic the words are more exciting So if I get work on the network Honey I'll sing you a toast When I broadcast I love you I don't mean I fit I don't mean Armstrong. I don't mean Henry. I mean some close to
5: the
3: <laughs> The makers of those fine Campbell's soups invite you to listen in and laugh with George Burns and Gracie Allen again next Wednesday. Meanwhile, remember that you can have the finest chicken soup you ever tasted simply by asking for Campbell's Chicken Soup. You'll find it to be the delicious, nourishing, old-fashioned kind. This is the Columbia
11: Broadcasting System. Your station is KHJ Don Lee Los Angeles. Time signal courtesy Schaefer Pen and Pencil Company. Settle that perplexing Christmas gift problem with a genuine Schaefer drive-proof fountain pen desk set.